0: Hello, Survivors, and welcome to First Aid Spray, a Resident Evil podcast by fans for fans. This is episode 28, and in this edition, we journey back into the mind of Paul W.S. Anderson as we conclude our reviews of the Biohazard live action film series with Resident Evil Retribution and the final chapter. This is Anderson Verse, part 3. My name is Sineac, you can just call me Sion joining me on the panel this week. If recording podcasts about Resident Evil films is hell, this must be The Apocalypse. From Serial Box 64, it's Jordan Sugru. Hello, folks. All of his patience for nonsensical plot holes is dead, buried, and extinction. It's Firebutton C. Valance. Hello. After the deeply infuriating main topic discussion at hand today, his Choose Your Own Adventure is going to feel like our very own afterlife. It's Moist Owlet, aka James. Hello. Being made to discuss six Resident Evil movies, I'm sure he's hooking up some form of retribution. It's Boy Wonder Adam Russell Reeves. You're all going to die down here. This episode of the podcast, like all others, was recorded live in our Discord server. Join now to hear the podcast early and unedited, as well as engage with our community, contribute to the show and other upcoming projects, and be informed first of everything going on behind the scenes. You can find a link to the server in the description of this podcast, or on our social media accounts. You can also support the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month, with various tiers, each with their own perks. Check out patreon.com forward slash Pod for a full list, and the chance to create bonus first aid spray content. So shout out to our latest Patreon supporter. Thank you to Ian Patrick for joining the Patreon and uh, yeah, helping the show move right along. Whether we get to talk about great things or awful things like today, uh, all of your support is much appreciated. But before we get to the main topic of discussion, um, so we've got the news, we've got our own news. There's um, just only a little bit on that front, just the latest videos. Uh, We put out A couple of cool ones, Resident Evil's deleted scenes, this was Steve poking around in the files of the PC port of Resident Evil 1 uh, and finding some conversations that don't appear to be in the game, so we decided we'd put something together with that. And we also have a video on 5 Facts About Tofu, which is edited by Mr. KDB from the server, making his debut as an editor for the channel, and you're going to be seeing him uh, doing further work for the YouTube channel in the future as well. So with that out of the way, let's move right into uh, a rather big version of the Biohazard news.
1: So our first piece of news, Capcom have put out two Resident Evil Village presentations at the Tokyo Game Show 2020. What do we think on this?
0: So I suppose before we actually get to that, I probably should have included this in the headline, but um, there was a new trailer dropped at the PlayStation 5 event, wasn't there? Which was... It was okay, you know. There's not a whole lot of new stuff in there, so I guess we all just assumed that we were going to be seeing a, a something of much more, something a bigger deal at TGS. Instead, we got to see that trailer two more times, and not a whole lot else. Steve, how did you feel about the TGS stuff?
1: Underwhelmed, um, hmm. not not angry, as some people seem to be very shake fisty, but like a little bit like oh. It's like, yeah. you know, you know, you go around grandma's for tea and she normally makes a really, really nice like shepherd's pie and she gives you a cheese sandwich. You know, it's it's like, oh thanks, grandma. It's it's not what I wanted, but okay. You know, um odd metaphor, I know. But you know, it, it's I mean, we we live in the in the times of the coronavirus, so we have to like give them I, I think give them a little bit of leeway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same token, would've would have been nice. Would have been nice to see a bit more because I think that the, uh, a lot of people's sticking point is that they apparently had a playable demo for someone to play, but we didn't get to see it. We just saw them react to it.
0: That's correct. Uh, yeah.
1: that, that's, uh, that, that's 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 a that's a very questionable PR move, if you ask me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know, taking it taking it in a, taking it in stride, just a bit gutted.
0: Yeah. It, uh, there was a lot of things in there to be wary about and that was one of them not not showing the game actually being played despite the fact that it's being played um, yeah it kind of feels like they' f- <sighs> it stinks of me that they're falling behind schedule very much so and obviously to a certain degree what can you do with that with everything going on right now you know uh, I'm sure it's affected what's going on at Capcom but the biggest question for me is why do one presentation on Friday and then do another on Sunday which was literally all the same thing just very much confused me James how did you feel about the tgs stuff
2: yeah I did um I was I, I mean I've made my opinion known in the discord but mm-hmm. yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty underwhelming um I I I found the I found it a bit annoying that you know kind of the the really important parts they just kept the japanese there was no even yeah any subtitles it was like come on guys like i get it's the tokyo game show but you know be a bit more accepting of the world um but yeah uh the other the the thing that uh really interested me though uh when it came to both events presentations was that they alluded to and it may be it was lost in translation or or uh it was let slip or it's just uh an old bamboozle but yeah it was it was mentioned that uh this is going to uh this game is going to be basically the the full story of ethan Mm. right and they said with the the first trailer that you know someone this is going to be the end of someone's story and i don't know if that was just a let slip or maybe it was just a gotcha but Yeah, um, that was kind of the only information I really took out of it. Um, Yeah, I felt like I was, while I was watching it, I felt like I was in, uh, you know, I was back in my GCSEs and someone was doing a PowerPoint on, you know, on the projector and, you know, with the with the kind of the graphics and stuff. But, uh, yeah, um, can't really say much more about it because not really much was said.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're right, actually, it seems... It's been very weird from a PR perspective, in the sense that yes, somebody's his story will come to an end. Which, yeah, they've now confirmed means Ethan. It's a bit of a not a great bait and switch, since everyone was obviously discussing who that would be, and the possibility for be for it to be Chris was hanging there to be discussed. But now they've they've said that it's going to be Ethan that they're talking about, who, whose story's going yeah, to wrap I, up in this game.
2: And I yeah, and I also worry about it because it's like okay. Like we didn't really get to know Ethan mm. in RE7. He was just you. You're meant to. He was meant to be like personified as you in the game, and you didn't really get to know more like much about him. And there's no point trying to hype up uh, a death of a character or the passing on of a character that you haven't really built up because you don't get that rapport. That's not how writing works. So I hope they get us more connected with Ethan in RE8 um i really do because if they don't and they just keep it the same as what it it currently is with re7 then it's just not going to be impactful and it just definitely sounds like a gotcha
0: yeah yeah you mean
3: re village come on man it's not my bad yeah sorry (laughs) i'm sorry capcom (laughs) i mean they did say that they,
0: they want to expand on who ethan is as a as a personality at least that's something and we one of the only really cool things that we got to take away from it was some new character art for Chris, who looks great. And Ethan's sort of new design. You get to see him dressed up basically as Ark Thompson at this point um, in his new outfit. Shrouding okay, yeah. his, uh, his face, but he, he, I mean, he, he has a head at least. That's new.
2: Yeah, um, stage one Chris looks great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're still assuming he's going to be a monster in this game.
0: I didn't say that word, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. How do you feel about the old uh, Tokyo Game Show situation?
4: Well, I think it's uh, it's it's a bit of a compromise, really, isn't it? Because it's it's the sort of almost the show will go on attitude with regards to the Tokyo Game Show, even with regards to the next gen launch. Mm. Uh, I mean. I was saying a couple of weeks ago that I I thought that, uh, you know, maybe they were being a bit premature with bringing in the new, the new consoles, how wrong I was because they're selling out everywhere. So, you know, clearly people are ready for it, but resident evil isn't going to be ready for those consoles just yet, which is, it just kind of throws you for a loop when you find out that they're also planning to make it current gen right. uh, as well, which I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's, it's kind of great. Cause it's kind of like, well, I'll be able to play it, but, um, we had the same kind of thing with uh, Metal Gear Solid V, you know, years ago, where there will always be that kind of dissent, oh, is it going to hamper or, you know, hinder um, the actual mm. sophistication of, of the engine, of the gameplay, and all of that kind of stuff. I don't think it will, but there will there will be that discussion. Clearly, Capcom think that it, it makes sense for them to kind of put it out on, uh, you know, several systems. Um and that's that's their choice but yeah there wasn't much to go on on the trailer i'm kind of used to that with resident evil that there's always typically there's a teaser and that teaser as we found with with resident evil 5 and with you know resident evil uh, 4 uh can be very different (laughs) to what the final product is obviously that is is typically in a completely different world a pre-covid world that lovely pre-covid world um so uh, yeah, there's there's not much to see. We just know where it takes place. We know who's in it. I'm a little surprised that they're still kind of uh, pushing Ethan. Nothing nothing against Ethan, but you know, as, mm-hmm. as you guys said, it's not like he necessarily has a whole lot of character. He is just he's just who you play as. They haven't necessarily built him up compared to some other protagonists. But hey, this game could change that. So I'm I'm fully open to it
0: yeah i think and this is more a general statement about where we're at as an industry but i i assume the reason that capcom are talking about bringing the game out for current gen as well as next gen is probably the idea that maybe not that many people are gonna adapt to the new consoles that early with everything going on obviously lots of jobs being lost uh, perhaps predictions are, are, are lower numbers for people purchasing those new consoles, and they want to get as many units out to people as possible. That uh, that would be the the clever business way to look at it, you know. Um, put it on systems that have already got a massive install base. But I absolutely understand the concern that also developing it for a less powerful system could have uh, ramifications on the quote-unquote proper version of the game um you can see i did a video you can see me react to that specific moment as i was watching tgs with just incredulously because they kind of half announced it they were like oh we're thinking about doing it like just uh, which is a stupid thing to say uh because if they don't do it now then they look stupid so, uh, I mean, I guess, surely they wouldn't have said something if they were pretty certain. That just seems like such a, such a silly thing to do, but it, it doesn't seem like they completely know where they're going right now with a lot of things. Uh, I mean, Adam, this
1: is Capcom. They yeah. have ported, like, RE4 to everything under the sun, so they'll get it. They'll
0: port it. No, the, It'll be on both. Uh, yeah, almost certainly. Uh, and Adam, how did you feel about the TGS stuff?
3: You know, I've kind of avoided it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I was happy with kind of what we saw as a teaser the first time around. And other than this podcast, I'll try and go on to more of a lockdown. Yeah. Um, just because that's how I prefer to do it. Um, I don't mind hearing details, but I don't want to see too much else. I, I prefer it to be fresh. Um, but I do have a couple of thoughts to weigh in on just from what you guys are saying. I think that, you know, it being cross-generational i think that's just gonna be the case when especially given the uh the current situation of the world um i don't think you know you would have seen sony saying that the new spider-man game and the new horizon game would be cross-generation if it wasn't for this situation right you know those are big hitters for a new system and to offer them on the previous system is kind of like a yeah we know that lots of people don't have money so I I see a lot of production houses uh, and companies following suit um in terms of Ethan's story coming to an end I think I said that's most likely what it was when we talked about like the reveal trailer um I can't see it being too much of a big deal to be honest in my personal opinion um and I think that just kind of comes with a first-person game. You know, mm. they they all, if you look at almost any first-person game, they're kind of a little bit more lacking in character um, just because of the the way you play those games. If you look at any Call of Duty game, they're like super lacking in character for the person you play as. You're sure. basically just a name, yeah. and you get shouted at by a bunch of other guys. Yeah. Um, and I, I imagine it will be pretty much the same here. I can't imagine in one one game arc, Ethan suddenly gaining some sort of great Resident Evil status. You know,
5: mm-hmm. I he's not be... a big
3: talker. It's not a right, big talker. it'll but be I the Chris Show it. <laughs> it'll, you, you'll be you'll be a, you'll be something for Chris to shout at. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's oh. true. Actually, It is often the case that the sort of um, characters around the protagonists in those sort of games get Way more character because they're doing a lot more of the talking because they're talking to you about what's going yeah. on, so yeah, yeah, um,
3: you, you mostly talk to yourself in, in first person <laughs> games, that's true. So,
0: that's true. There was just to, just to wrap this last bit up, there isn't a whole lot of extra new material um, from the trailer to glean, but we do have confirmation of a merchant, I guess. Um, it isn't going to be Granny Rezzy <laughs> as she's uh, become to be known uh we yeah there's a there's a new character who shows up at the end of the trailer It seems to imply that he's the merchant so i I guess that's the big takeaway of that trailer oh the penguin yeah the penguin that's right
1: yeah uh i I wish it was just re4's merchant again you know so everyone (laughs) could literally wink and nudge and go hey how you
0: doing
3: stranger um, I don't think why uh, it couldn't be either, really. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> excellent. I didn't see it, obviously, but, you know, we everybody always, like, he's, like, one of Resident Evil's mysteries, you know, like, what's going on with the stranger? Yeah. Like, ha- like the merchant, how's he, like, What what is he? He's got weird eyes, but he talks normally, he sells you stuff.
1: Talks normally. Yeah. Uh, bit, of a, bit of a stretch there, I'd have just... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe he's the merchant's
2: son okay
1: <laughs> it, Deep it, hole. If, if the penguin is tied to the plot right great he can <laughs> part of the plot but if he isn't Capcom I don't normally advocate for DLC but I would happily have a skin pack for the merchant <laughs> so he just looks
0: like the RE4 one just saying um, <laughs> That's the, I think what you mean there is you just gotta buy the PC version because someone will <laughs> swap that out with the mod <sighs>
3: Okay. Yeah, after they do all the sexy Ethan mods, then you get a <laughs> <else. laughs> So,
1: I, 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 a slight salve to the uh, the moderate disappointment of this the previous news. A new CGI miniseries called Resident Evil Infinite Darkness has been announced for Netflix.
0: Yeah, so on Saturday evening, um, this was accidentally tweeted by Netflix Portugal, and, uh, and then summarily removed a little while afterwards um because it was meant to be the surprise announcement on the Sunday G- uh, TGS stream thing um so without the context and just having the trailer which has no dialogue or anything like that we we assumed it was a fourth uh, CGI movie uh but at the actual TGS presentation they announced no it's it's a, it's a mini series it's like an episodic show um that's going to run on Netflix alongside the live action they're going to be completely separate uh looks to be starring leon in like a mob boss mafia suit sort of thing going on and claire in a revelations 2 costume so start your debates now about where the where it in the canon this is going to be set but nonetheless very exciting because for one thing we had no idea this was coming even though obviously it was announced accidentally 24 hours before it was supposed to be or whatever um it just dropping out of nowhere, everyone went crazy. It was nice to have a surprise like this for once. Uh, Jing- uh, oh sorry,
1: ahead. No, sorry. I mean, I don't mean to just jump in, but it's it's nice that with all the people that literally like over the past couple months have been getting really uppity about a Netflix live action series that Capcom just like out of nowhere. Oh yeah, it's there's, there's gonna be a it's uh, gonna be a CGI one, and uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the fan reaction is the polar opposite for the most
0: part. Yeah. Yeah, some people Uh, think that it's a reaction to the reaction, but I don't think you can do even that much work in two weeks or whatever. There's no way, right? No way.
1: No.
0: Uh, James, what do you think of the Infinite Darkness reveal?
2: Okay, I do this all the time. (laughs) I'm hype! (laughs) It looks so good! It does. I love, love, like, I mean, I'm in a weird camp as well with CGI movies, okay, and I'm going to put another unpopular opinion i liked final fantasy spirits within right (laughs) um and it's kind of given me those vibes like in terms of stuff obviously clearly much better looking um but yeah i like it and it's like got all the the little ingredients there you know it's got like i mean you got claire you got leon you got whoever the guy is at the end of the, the the hallway i don't know who he is um but yeah, ah, oh, it looks so good, and I I can't wait to get into it. And I'm like, Steve introduced me to the CGI movies recently, and mm-hmm. I really like them. Um, they're really cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm very very excited. Like to that, uh, like the 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 broken virus vial that was on on the floor, right? You know, that tells you it happened ages ago. There was a lot told in a trailer that didn't really have much in it but they showed you imagery that kind of gave you an idea Mm -hmm. you know Uh, i'm very interested to see who's going to be uh voicing these characters yes that's my
0: big question
2: yeah uh but yeah very excited about about this
0: yeah a lot um lots sort of shown without showing anything at all as you said it's very odd um and also Plenty of questions displayed in certain ways, you know, simple stuff. Why, like, why is Leon dressed like that? What's this house in the middle of nowhere, and why is Claire there? All those good kind of questions you're going to be invested to find out when you sit down and watch that first episode, whenever it comes out, sometime next year. Yeah, um, and yeah, and
2: there was there, I thought, like, although like Leon looks a bit different, he looks kind of very similar to the to the CG. To yeah, the, this to is the film. this is definitely like,
0: traditional Leon. And traditional Claire, yeah. as opposed to remake to Leon and Claire.
2: Yeah, I, and I also felt like a lot of respect was given to Claire as well, mm-hmm. but in terms of what she was wearing. But she still had a uniqueness to her. Um, yeah, yeah. I, very excited about it. Yeah, me too. I mean, it was it was only a minute long. <laughs> like that's, like I mean, it was not even that because you had the outro as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was under a minute, and yeah, it was
1: it was super 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 cool. Uh,
0: Steve, equal amounts of hype
1: going to hit on something that uh the mute man has said in the live chat and i am kind of on i'm on the uh, same agreement that it's a shame it's leon and claire again uh Mm. i would like to have seen you know someone else take the lead of a cgi film i know chris sort of is the lead of vendetta but leon's still there being leon um blowing up highways killing innocent people yeah i'm not going to forget that bit um but no this uh, infinite darkness thing actually looks otherwise pretty damn appealing i like, the atmosphere is there. They, this, like, old little, I want to say, like, bayou-esque house or townhouse in the you know middle of nowhere. And then Claire is creeping in. She's, like, got the, got the torch up all RE2 remake-style, skulking, and then Leon shoots some random zombie and there's a dude on the floor. It doesn't sound like a lot when I'm speaking like that, but I'm hyped. Uh, you know, I, I, I love it when, they, if they can do a Resident Evil... CGI, like, series. I mean, if it's a series, maybe they have to. They can't just go to the all-action room, make it more of a horror-themed thing. Mm. It's got more atmosphere than I think any of the CGI films have for the horror aspect. Um. Also, if I can, just put a cheeky plug out, because I feel like they deserve it. Neptune did a breakdown on the REP, um podcast recently uh, on YouTube. I would recommend checking that out, because he goes through it a bit more in detail.
0: Yeah,
1: Um indeed. It's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited, and... Uh, I think this is like got to be what pre uh, pre re eight but post re seven kind of era because everyone's like getting on and they don't look young. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: You know, Leon looks like re six Leon but somehow cleaned up and made a bit more. Yeah, Hmm. Um, like I would this this is gonna sound weird, but this Leon I can look at and say that's definitely Leon. Whereas screenshots from like Vendetta, I can't. I just looks like beardy man with curtains um you know it, it, it's weird this one I could definitely say that's Leon he's scowling and shooting things with a gun while we're in blue <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sophisticated that way you know uh, but no it's not a yes I'm very excited
0: I almost wonder now if they just feel obligated to put Leon in these things because he's in degeneration he's in damnation he's in vendetta so is it just we can't not have a CGI thing without Leon in it. But I, I agree, this, if anything, would be a great opportunity to pair up two characters that had never been paired up before. Bring back another character. I mean, I, obviously, everyone knows I'm a huge Claire fan, and I'm very excited to see her back in the canon again. But there's a character who's been more absent, so a Leon and Jill CGI series probably would have been excellent, but that, that's just me. Um, Adam, Car- how do you feel- Oh, sorry.
1: Hmm? <laughs> what? Uh, what? about Carlos Oliveira? now? it's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but which, which Carlos would you use? You can't oh, put yeah, Remake. Yeah,
1: I, a, I still have a mind crush on Remake Calavera. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, Carlos, Oliveira Calavera. Getting mixed up. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, Adam, how did you feel about the trailer?
3: So I think we can all agree that more Resident Evil isn't really a bad thing. It gives us more content. It's mm. something we all want to see. You know, it's, it's more Resident Evil. Um, but I am... Um, a little a little apprehensive i think like you guys have said before it's it's two characters that you know they've had a lot of limelight they've had a, a fair amount of story um it's it's just how do you slip in another you know another whole story arc for these two guys yeah into their already pretty full like how are you still like alive, Dory? <laughs> yeah. You've had interesting um, lives, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like how how is it that there's like a core group of like four to six people that just are constantly getting into these situations. Um, but I'm not upset about it as well. At the same time, I'm excited to watch it because it's more Resident Evil. I like the fact that there's a zombie there, so it's not hopefully it it sort of gets a bit back to its roots as opposed to being you know like super crazy i'm sure there'll be some crazy bioweapons and stuff in there but hopefully it can kind of be a bit more horror focused
0: i often maybe it's just the way I think of it, but I usually think of installments with Claire with having some horror focus more than anything. She hasn't been in any of the ac- crazy action pack stuff like five, six, and um... what are you talking about, bro? She's in
3: the Anderson verse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> but so so maybe, but I'm also apprehensive in the sense that Vendetta starts with like horror and exploring of a scary house at the beginning and then obviously becomes just John Wick by the end. So who knows, you know, it's early it's early days yet. Um, Do you I think know- the
1: prop Sorry, I was going to just do. We know, do we know who's like uh, from Calcom side? Do we know who's like the lead, like writer, or what have you? I
0: don't think they've announced any actual details other than Netflix twenty twenty one, and and here's right. the very goofy name for it. That's all they've really
3: put out. Dang, stupid name as well. By the way, name. Infinite Darkness sounds yeah, so lame. Sounds emo. But um, <laughs> what I was going to say is it's annoying because there's some great Resident Evil that can be explored still um Mm. i would love to see you know the story of the umbrella founders like really fleshed out as a series
5: Mm.
3: that would be super interesting because it's stuff we know about but we don't we're never really given full access um and We're gonna be going that could make... like
0: way off of course here, but what I would love is like a compilation miniseries with every episode is about something completely different, so you can have that one episode, and then you can have an episode about a UBCS crew dropping into Raccoon City, and then you can have an ep- just like a whole bunch of like Resident stories. I just feel series.
3: like if you did like the Umbrella Founders, like how Game of Thrones it could be <laughs> exactly like, how, right? how how those guys just they just. They're just assholes to each other, and it's perfect.
0: And finally, Jordan, how did you feel about the Infinite Darkness trailer?
4: Well, first of all, I'll say that I'm not necessarily uh, that familiar with the CG movies. I think I, I think I watched the first one back when it back when it came out, but I ne- didn't necessarily kind of keep up with them. Because to be quite honest, there is so much uh, Resident Evil media to mm-hmm. keep up with, and it's kind of been that case over the last fifteen years, I would say. So. Uh, I mean, it's great that there's there's more stuff on the way, more stuff coming out. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to kind of like repeat everything else everybody said, but it's true about the characters. Um, I, I mean, for for myself, uh, I've obviously said before on the podcast just just <clears throat> how happy I was with uh, the production quality and and the and the quality and the writing of the acting. Um, from the remakes, from remake two, remake three, uh, y- you can quite happily watch those kind of cutscenes as their own little mini movie. Um, and I kind of, a, you know, I'm looking for, you know, that kind of uh, quality, uh, you know, with regards to sort of, you know, tone uh, for stuff going forward. I'd, I'd love to see that kind of side of it. Because uh, I'll be honest, uh, the the first CG movie that I I watched obviously it was it's a fair bit different to the, the tone of the the remake ones. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly give it a chance. Um, I really like I really like your idea, Sai, about you know having a kind of a, an anthology sort of yeah. mini series of of some sort. You know, kind of a bit like you know how um, Outbreak kind of. Appealed right, because yeah. it was it was picking all of these characters up who were not the main protagonists. They just had their own little stories. You know, I am I am Legend. The the film I am Legend on its DVD it has a bunch of animated shorts which are sort of a prologue to that film, covering people from all over the world and and sort of like how that uh, they get in, infected with obviously the the blight that ends up becoming the focus of the of the movie. Um, and it was really interesting because, it, you know, these are just little short comic style animations, probably maybe about five to ten minutes long each. Uh, but they really kind of fleshed it out. I'd certainly love a show like that where, you know, almost pulling from, you know, all the kind of like files uh, based on people in Raccoon City. You could make a whole episode about, you know, one person, where they are in Raccoon City. Um, or elsewhere, and and kind of just follow them. Even if you're just following them from, you know, uh, the, the point when everything goes bad to pretty much when they die, mm-hmm. it, it would be cool to see that kind of stuff to call the flesh that out. It doesn't just have to be about Leon kicking ass, and you know we all love Leon kicking ass, but you know there's room for yeah. extra ideas. Absolutely.
0: Well, uh, quite appropriate that we got to talk about a new show slash movie whatever Um because now I'm going to take us into <laughs> regretfully the main discussion of this podcast. <laughs> Although I suppose maybe not completely because it's the last time we're going to have to do this. We're talking about poor W.S. Anderson's Resident Evil films and our look back at Resident Evil Retribution and Resident Evil The Final Chapter. And now, reading the file Freight Crewman's Diary from Resident Evil Dead Aim The Oracle Dragon, of the Crimson Head Elder Podcast, who you can follow on Twitter, at The Oracle Dragon.
6: August 27th, Tuesday, 2002. Yes, today is my 100th day anniversary since coming aboard. But, that's all I can write about since this place is so boring. I expected a lot because this is a luxury cruiser. But I've learned that there is almost no difference from working on a cargo vessel. September 4th, Wednesday, 2002. I FINALLY have something to write about. Today, large cargo was carried into the presentation room, which is beyond the boiler room. Recently, many people are going in and out of that room. I wonder what's taking place in there. I'm curious because the crew doesn't have access to that room. September 6th, Friday, 2002. I saw a red mark through a break in one of the sheets of the cargo crates today. I think it's a symbol for biological and chemical weapons. Somehow, passengers are still going in and out of that room. Maybe there is a hidden door in that room. But I'm not sure where it would lead. September 7th, Saturday, 2002. My boss yelled at me today for not paying attention to my job. What a jerk. But I better be more careful since I really need to keep this job.
0: Okay, we have arrived. The finale of the Anderson verse Trilogy of Six. Trilogy of podcasts about six films. You know what I mean. We're here to talk about Retribution and the final chapter in that order. Retribution, the fifth Resident Evil film was written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. It had a budget of $65 million. Um, it was released on sep- September 14, 2012 worldwide, um, although it did open in Tokyo exclusively for a few days before that. It also opened at number one in over 3,000 theatres, beating out <laughs> its competitor Finding Nemo 3D that week. Um, <laughs> it had a domestic take of $21,000 and uh, that makes it the lowest since the first film. However, worldwide, it grossed $49.6 opening on its opening weekend becoming the highest in the franchise, and it ended second overall after-, after Afterlife at $240 million. It currently holds a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 39% on Metacritic. Um, I'm not sure how to describe the story for this one. <laughs> Um, It takes place in an underwater umbrella facility um, with going hard on the clone aspect from Extinction. Uh, The cast is bulked back out with actors that you've seen before. And we've got brand new characters from the games as well. So basically it's like most Resident Evil films. Um, But before we get right into tearing it apart, I don't know what everybody's first reactions were to... This, like, have you seen it before? That kind of question. So, uh, Adam, why don't you kick us off? Is this the first time you've seen Retribution, or were you unfortunate enough to see it previously?
3: Uh, I saw it last night for the first time. And last time.
1: (laughs) Uh, Steve. Right can't remember i'm sure i saw it at the cinema But this one like just uh, i I might have watched it on challenge tv when i thought i was watching the crystal maze you know i I don't know this one i've seen before unfortunately i'm pretty sure i've seen it in the cinema but this one's just like you know that there's like a gray spot in your memory Mm. it it resides there yeah
0: yeah i've got that gray spot right now i'm trying to think of how the movie even starts uh james is this your first time seeing retribution is it
2: Uh, No, no. Uh, No, Unfortunately, I've seen this film many times.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Um...
2: Such a glutton for punishment. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it's because uh, when we first started this uh, film club, I wanted to watch the entire series multiple times (laughs) so I could truly get a feel for how (sighs) bad it is. Right, And it was after, I wanted to do it after as well, of having kind of the knowledge and the insight of the resident evil game series as well um mm. because beforehand i didn't see a problem with them i thought they were still bad films i didn't think they were resident evil films but i thought they were just uh, it's just a action film you know mm. um but yeah now kind of with the uh with the resident evil knowledge that i have now and insight um and kind of as growing up as well and kind of getting more into Media and stuff, I, I realize just how terrible they really are, and especially <laughs> this and just this one. Uh, oh god, the last two actually. That, yeah, I can't believe the last one's called The Final Chapter. It's uh, ugh, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, 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 I what I didn't watch it in cinema, I bought the entire box set in like a few years ago, I think, mm-hmm. um, of them all uh yes f's in chat please um <laughs> and uh yeah then i then i watched him recently and yeah I don't, I don't like i don't what's it called again i watched it this morning retribution, retribution. retribution. right yeah i uh, i didn't like it nice
0: original subtitle <laughs> retribution. and uh jordan have you seen this film before the podcast as in previously no
4: no, never seen, never seen it before. The only thing that I kind of associated it with, with a long time, and same goes for Afterlife, really, is that it just get bund, it just get bundled with, 3D TVs and 3D yeah. Blu-ray players that are on clearance and stuff like that. It is you know, it, it's just one of those cheap action flicks that are just kind of sold off. And yeah, that's all I thought really. I, I, I'll be honest. I think after after uh, Extinction, I kind of I paid less and less attention the live action films because they just seem to be going alongside my life. So I just kind of thought that, <laughs> you know, w- one of us was going to outlive the other. And and then finally, you know, they announced the final chapter and it's kind of like, oh, OK. And so I, I'm I'm paying attention to it again now for the sake of this series. But to be honest, I just kind of expected it to just keep going on. so, you know, as long as, uh, you know, An- Anderson and Jovovich continue to be married, I, I thought that that was just. <laughs> That was a contractual obligation that they yeah. had. Let's keep making Resident Evil films.
0: Death, taxes and Anderson films. <laughs> 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 well, my memory's been jogged since you said about 3D. I do remember exactly how this film starts. Of course, this is the second uh, Resident Evil film with a big emphasis on 3D. So you've got that uh, jumping off point from Afterlife with the big ship and we've got all this slow motion. You get to see all this stuff happening in in reverse it's very bizarre. I don't know how good it would have looked in 3D at the time. Obviously, can't experience that myself and I imagine most people don't experience it because 3D TVs are not really a thing anymore. Um and then from there we jump into this bizarre sort of fantasy sequence. It almost feels like where Miller wakes up with a daughter and she's married to no, Carlos we don't, the businessman. Sigh. No,
3: no, no. First no, no. we have to sit through Three whole minutes of exposition.
0: <laughs> well, I thought that was a given. I timed
3: it. <laughs> Three minutes.
0: Actually, we—you oh, missed even one of the weirdest events. It was not the exposition, which is obviously terrible, but you expect it. At everyone at the beginning of every one of these films now. But the fact you get all that sort of backward stuff of everyone getting destroyed on the ship,
3: which looked hilarious, by the way.
0: But then it, it goes sad. forwards afterwards. You have to yeah. watch oh, it all backwards.
3: I'll
4: be honest. I quite, I did quite like that. I thought it was quite stylish as an intro. It looks kind I'll, of stylish, but I didn't I need to like, see it twice. Yeah, I was like, "That's yeah." I was like, oh that's that's kind of pretty and it stuff like that." It just looked hilarious oh. to me. But I, uh, I think, I think it's because it obviously kind of it pulls out of the water, and you kind of get a, a greater and greater reveal of all the chaos that's going on, and all of a sudden, you know, Jill Valentine's there and everything. But I was, I was thinking about it, and I was remembering when this film came out, 2012, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, ah, well. You see, the previous year, that Dead Island trailer came out and it was all in reverse. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, there we go. I think I know where the inspiration <laughs> came from because that was a very effective trailer. And uh, that's, I, I,
0: I could be wrong. Maybe it's Do just you know a what? funny
4: coincidence.
0: I know, I'm almost certain you're 100% right. Like skipping, yeah, I would believe skipping it. Skipping right to the end of this film, like, out of nowhere, it's never happened before, but you get a Mortal Kombat X-ray moment with some bones breaking, and that must <laughs> yes. have been around this time as well. So clearly, yeah, Anderson just seeing things, you know, he likes in other properties and just nicking it wholesale. So I imagine you're probably right. There's probably a big ripoff off for that, that Dead Island trailer. My- I,
2: I, I, I mark this down as the biggest Mary Sue in the series to date.
0: Specifically what, though?
2: That entire three-minute intro. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay.
4: Uh, so you know, in preparation for this podcast, um, I, I wasn't on the previous Andersonverse uh, podcast, so I missed out on Afterlife the first time. I decided to watch all three of these films in one go, one after another. You one. You just say so that sorry. there is, there's something about this film series and clearly not trusting the audience to have ever watched or remembered another resident evil film because they put that exposition. It's always different, but they always put that exposition at the start of the film. My name is Alice. Are you? I I worked at umbrella. Did you? <laughs> they yeah. Were, evil. Every were time. they, you, you know, and it's, yeah, you you certainly cannot marathon these movies. It, they they are deliberately designed to not be marathoned. They like like bright
0: colours, mm. oh, especially and a when and a it frog. comes to
3: the last one.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. The
3: disconnect between yeah, we we're, we're definitely into that. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'll tell you what. I remember the first time I watched this, so I absolutely hated it, and I thought it was probably the worst one. I found so much of it, including the bringing back of all these characters, so cheap. Uh, this time around, I I didn't hate it as much as I thought it would do. This sort of opening sequence is a bizarre ride of strangeness with the suburban sort of lifestyle. That,
3: Why was that sequence so long? It, I mean, it's because
1: he watched Zack Snyder. Does uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Dawn, Dawn of the, the Dead, Dead? remake. Yeah, that's what it, it looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly all the zombies are attacking, and the people are driving around so with zombies long. hanging off the cars. And I didn't hate it, but maybe it's because it reminded me of the Dawn of the Dead remake, which is actually. Yeah. You know, like a guilty pleasure, if you like, of mine as well. In um, isolation,
4: geez. in isolation, it's a cool sequence. But, you know, as we have studied, uh, you know, Anderson's films, we know he's only got a limited amount of tricks. And one of his tricks is the, the fake-out intro, you know, where Alice wakes up somewhere, turns mm. out to not be what it is, um, and, and then that's when the, the rest of the movie begins.
3: Yeah, it was, it How was cool. How many times in this damn film series is she gonna wake up <laughs> yes. I, I, I honestly last night I I very much considered going back through all of the movies <laughs> and, and tallying up how many times he's gonna use that damn move of like oh she gets knocked out she wakes up like there are other ways to move your scenes you can use story <laughs> Jesus
4: fake, fake out wake up uh clones, <laughs> laser grids. Um, laser grids. Laser grids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, face stuff maps, zombies.
0: Yeah. Again, monsters aren't explained at this point. Um right. we've got the Las Plagas in here for reasons. No, we don't. Those if- Las
1: Plagas zombies that they they call Las Plagas zombies are literally mm. let's just rip off outpost. <laughs> like, like, you know, you know, the Nazi zombies. They like I mean they're, obviously that obviously the Soviet yeah, troops, but gosh. they are just they are carbon yeah. copies of the Outpost zombies, just in a different set of clothes.
3: Oh, yeah, and umbrella logos as well. That's <sighs> another one of his, even in people's eyes now. <laughs> How Did you? Because uh, I, uh,
2: interestingly enough, I watched these movies on 1.2 speed. Um, <laughs> right? Because, like. Uh, that is Galaxy like Brain right there. Why did you do that? <laughs> 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 the whole way through. And it's just so. Jarring. I know. I, I, I obviously I was I was playing it at one point two speed, but when you play it at one point two speed, you realize just how many cuts the stupid choreography scenes have. Right? They have <laughs> yes. they, like it's yeah. like
3: cut, cut, cut,
1: cut of one kick.
3: It's like oh Liam yeah, so Neeson many jump taken. cuts. So many jump cuts. It's, it's insane. It's horrible. To he what? took that from Transformers. Didn't he? Did Transformers right? No way. No, he that was Michael Bay. That was Michael Bay. That movie is insane for jump cuts as well. It's just ugh. I'm still in awe
1: of the power move of 1.2 speed. I have to do this again. It's
3: like- <laughs> You're a f- <laughs> genius, and, and and for this and for this one, that's basically watching it at normal speed because of the amount of slow motion used. <laughs> I mean, to give credit to Paul W.S. Anderson.
4: For, for one thing, he he certainly loves a certain industry and, and being able to provide jobs for so many people over the course of his six film history. You know, loads of people, you know, had their employment based upon special effects and set design and makeup and all of that stuff. That's all great. And those things are actually quality assets throughout the films. Uh, so he absolutely loved those guys. He clearly hates his editor because here's 600 shots <laughs> um, out of of like one fight sequence from the final chapter. Here, here you go, Mister Editor. You've got to try and turn this into twenty six twenty-six seconds of footage. You know, <laughs> good luck. There's so many shots. It it, it almost gives you whiplash. If only if only the fight scenes lasted twenty six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what kind of speed do we need to have that on to make them twenty six <laughs> seconds?
0: Right. But it's mm. funny that you say that, because there's that, all the, uh, but uh, we're talking about all the reusing of the same tropes over and over again, like the CGI maps and the waking up and laser grids and everything else. But this film uses loads of footage from the previous ones as well, including... So, when Alice does a waking up trick and uh, eventually sort of gets out of this little cell she's in, um, she's walking through a simulation of Tokyo, essentially, and
3: um, entirely in slow motion for in, like 10 minutes
0: right but then there's this whole segment uh, with the girl in the rain or whatever it is with the, all the umbrellas and stuff that's just ripped directly from the previous film now it has context I guess this time when they show it it's so weird it's like not like they planned that ahead of course not but it's like uh, did he write as he was writing I was like oh cool that thing I've already filmed would actually fit in better here I'll just reuse it it's so weird. I think he, I think he did plan it because, because uh, you know, Afterlife after
4: and Retribution, obviously they take one after another straight away. So I think he must have wrote them uh, at the same time. <laughs> and wrote and um, so he probably he probably knew that that sequence was going to be at the start of the previous film. It's going to be the start of this film. Um, you know, film it at the same time. Obviously, kind of diverge in exactly, you know, what purpose each of them lends to their respective films. Uh, but yeah, I think I think he probably would have just done that because it's not like they necessarily uh, released too far away from each other. Mm, so their, their productions probably would have crossed over. It's it's clever in one way because it's kind of like, well, you can turn you know two productions into one, but at the same time, especially if you're watching one after another, it does feel like deja vu. It's like, wait, why are we doing this again? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that is the whole point of the film, isn't it? If there is a point to the film, it's to escape... These simulations, I didn't realise that was going to be the entire film. It just keeps going.
3: Yes, the plot of this film is get from inside of a base to outside of a base. Yes. That is literally the plot of this movie. I didn't understand any of
2: that. Because it was like, literally in his previous movie, Extinction, like I know I'm I'm talking to a wall here when it comes to this. His previous movie was Afterlife, not to be mean. Um, But no, I mean (laughs) Extinction. Like In Extinction, he proves that Umbrella doesn't give a damn and will just use what they want against the world. Why would they make a lab to do this? I did... But I mean, I'm trying to bring sense to a nonsensical story, so...
0: Yeah, that's the thing, and obviously we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it's hard to really care about these bits where it's like, oh, actually, we've got this so we could simulate um, an outbreak in all the major cities of the world and then sell them, sell the T-virus to the rivals. It's hard to really care about any of that when you know the, the you know, the the reason for the T-virus and, and, and every, all the backstory is going to get changed the next time it comes up anyway because it's gone through so many iterations already and we're, you know, we'll get to the big retcon movie later. But, yeah. You know, stuff like that, you just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, all right. It's not, it's not time for teal facts yet. well <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about that as well is that, um, obviously, we've talked about the Silent Hill films now um, that will be, or won't be out for the public, depending on when you listen to this, uh, because it's Patreon exclusive for a little while. Um, so coming directly off of the second Silent Hill film into this.
3: I miss it, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I miss Silent Hill Revelation.
0: Do you know what? I did, I had fun with this movie. I was n- not nearly as bad um, as Silent Hill Revelation for me, because it's actually had some stuff in it like there was <laughs> there was different locations and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, the underwater There's a lot happening, yeah. Yeah, there's stuff going on to
3: keep you up. Yes, bike. there is. It's... There is stuff going on. There's one thing that isn't going on is plot.
0: <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it is just a real, like a ridiculous thrill no. ride type thing. I just love that the the underwater facility is basically just Anderson going Oh, I've destroyed the entire world in the last few films and I don't really know where to go next, so I'm just going to seal everybody underwater. <laughs>
4: but By the way, that is another trademark of Paul W.S. Anderson. At some point, at, at any point in the film, there will be a big pan out from wherever the environment is and it will pan out to some mega structure or some destroyed state. Um, it, it, it's always a massive pan out to some kind of massive CG destruction uh Landscape, Uh, and that's exactly what's happened there. You could probably, if you went over the films, you could probably line up all of these different shots, which are (laughs) literally just a pan out to a decimated city or an underwater lab or all of that kind of stuff. To be fair, there is a little bit of plot. um, I think I kind of it's maybe about like half an hour in. Um, Yeah, that's one of my notes. It's thirty minutes. Yeah, you 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 finally. See Wesker, and he gives the most bare, bo- bare bones plot summary of, of what you're going to see for the remaining hour. And it is get out of this place. I'm working with you now.
5: what?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so strange. Like, oh, allegiances don't matter anymore. Listen, you've got to get out of the umbrella facility. I know I'm umbrella, but you know, whatever. I mean, this film is basically. Resident Evil the Crystal Maze. It's just going from different zone. Oh, you're going to the, the Russian zone and now you're going to New York and you know now you're going back to Tokyo and back and forth and back and forth. It is a lot of fun as far as sort of like variety is, is concerned. Mm-hmm. And I certainly appreciated it more after final chapter, but mm-hmm. it is so it feels so aimless, despite the fact that the only aim of the movie is to get out of there. It just feels like what am I what am I doing? Why are we still here? <laughs> it's like why is why, why is nobody pulling that spider off of Jill Valentine? You know,
3: <laughs> get that. Ooh, let's just let's get this out there. What a horrible actress! <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Un, I mean it. It was it was unwatchable almost. Whenever she spoke, it so was that's just uh, horrible. Great
1: three. Oh, she was great in what well, in in two technically. Yeah, yeah she was great in yeah. two. But yeah, as. Jill in this, she's unrecognizably crap.
0: Yeah, she is She is awful, and the costume design isn't great either. She looks more like Zero Suit Samus than she does Resident Evil 5 Jill. <laughs> it's terrible. Whenever she's doing the shooting thing, she's
1: doing these weird muscle flexes as well, like trying to hit fire revolvers with machine right. guns.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, she just looks so unnatural and speaks so unnaturally, and she only ever t- speaks when she's, like, firing a gun, so you can never really hear it, but it sounds terrible.
4: When I actually first saw her in the film, I actually kind of uh, I freaked out for a second because I was just kind of like, wait, wait, Jill's in this? And then the film told me that Jill was in the past movie. I was like, well, I just watched the past movie. I didn't even <laughs> see her. Apparently, I, I guess I must have looked away for, for one stretch of 30 seconds to sleep or run away. I don't know. <laughs> and apparently, apparently Jill Valentine was in Afterlife. I do not remember her. I think From what I could understand, she only had one scene.
0: Yeah, I think it's a post-credit scene.
4: It's a post-credit. No wonder I missed amazing. it. Amazing! I just, I, I just went amazing. Straight on to the next one. I don't think we even <laughs> talked about it last of time. Of course, so. it's
1: Paul W. S. And just shoehorns her in. <laughs> Isn't it the only time they've done a post-credit scene in a Resident Evil film?
0: Uh in a live Yeah, one, anyway. I think so. I,
4: I did want- check Final Chapter just in case there was any kind of mild threat of <laughs> trying to
2: continue this. <laughs> um. To, to bring a little bit of positivity to the movies, right? again, because this is co- kind of uh, consistent with every time we see this guy, but Wesker is good.
0: Yeah, actually, I like him. that's my top note for characters, is, like, is that Sean Roberts' Wesker impression has gotten better. There's but a reason it, for that, but then,
2: to, But then to bring it back down, who the f*** throws <laughs> away a deagle? <laughs> who does that for a knife? Who does that? Anyway, moving on.
3: <laughs> Remember that we 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 have been shaped by Wesker's hammy performance in the games. Mm. So True. that's why we're completely on board with Wesker being a ham in the movies. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely, we love it. We that's the Wesker we love, and that's that's the Wesker we want. Unfortunately, it doesn't translate to all the other characters. That's
4: how I felt when I watched the Extinction, and I saw Wesker in that in a very kind of small cameo. I was just kind of like, "Oh, it's Wesker!" and like it, it just immediately kind of resonated, and um, it, was, it was cool. But uh, yeah, he's the, he's the only character who kind of really kind of stays close to the, the person he's supposed to be based on, um, and and then he's he's there throughout the rest of the series. Then um, yeah, he's he's good. Um, it's just it's so strange how the allegiances change for for wesker um and he he feels like he's got an even an even bigger role in this universe than he does in resident evil does
3: that feel feel right yeah in a way and given that his death is laughable oh may well <laughs> but we'll, again that's <laughs>
0: Um, so I basically just let everybody just go at it instead of trying to lead the conversation there. We just rambled away for ages. So I'm going to go around and ask everyone what they sort of felt about the quote-unquote plot. Uh, Steve, how did you feel about the story, the pacing and all that?
1: There was a, there was a pace, there was a story. No, I'm kidding. Um, honestly, compared to, like, this is literally under the lens of the last film we watched for the podcast, which was South Hill Revelations 3D, mm-hmm.
0: uh, it was great. Yeah.
1: Uh, But, you know, that's a very, 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 can we like copy paste this about a couple, (laughs) 2,000 times? Low bar to beat, Um, you know. So I I don't even know what to really say because it's like it was a film that you kind of, my eyes just glazed over and then the credits rolled. I thought, huh, that could have done with Richard O'Brien being in it at some point, you know, for, you know, The Crystal Maze. (laughs) It's, no, I just, I I ain't got praise for this film. the the, the plot is complete nonsense in that let's just stick some resident evil characters in our little sorry Sorry. uh, our our little test environment so we can have lots of wacky shenanigans and have car chases and things explode and let's rip off as many different like horror related media as we can along the way you know uh, if i had to give it credit i I did appreciate that we had some variety but it's, it's, it feels so forced and fake. I mean, they can't even figure out a new final boss for their film, so they throw a bloody liquor in. Yeah. Let's just make it, like, twice as big. Ooh. I, actually, I on my latest rewatch, I had the weirdest vibe of, oh, it's just, it's, it's Bloodborne Nemesis with the skullcap removed. You know, <laughs> which is ironic, really. Um, horrible, horrible look at remake three there. I, but like, so Alice basically gets kidnapped. They put her in a lab, and then Red Queen decides we've got to re put, we've got to lock her back down because she's escaped, or kill her. And that slowly, slowly just changes to let's just kill her. Jill's along for the ride. She's got some red shirts that are like what clones of the original like uh, SWAT team sanitation team. Yeah. Um, it just it drags it meanders, much like me trying to
0: figure out how to explain it, I'm just meandering <laughs> through a
5: sentence.
0: <laughs> What's so funny about that liquor bit is, unfortunately, it starkly made me remember the first film and how, and even up to Extinction, where they try to explain things. The liquor, they, okay, it was a sentence, but they say, you know, this is the result of T-virus being directly injected into living tissue. And in Extinction, they have the smart zombies, because they wanted... 28 Days Later started running zombies and stuff. So they they had the whole bub from Day of the Dead thing and that became sprinting zombies and stuff. But by this point, yeah, you've got the zombies with chainsaws and rocket launchers and driving cars and stuff and Las Plagas without any explanation and stuff. So the, the liquor inclusion just kind of made me go, do you know what? Those old ones weren't as bad In in terms of this is just throwing stuff at the wall for the sake of it and seeing what sticks, you know. Um, James, how did you feel about the plot overall?
2: Uh, I have a specific note written down. Um, This film is just a giant masturbatory celebration of Anderson's previous movies.
0: Mm, It kind of is, yeah.
2: As I was watching Retribution, that's Every single scene was just a repeat. I know we've already said this, but it's a repeat of the previous movies, and it wasn't fun because of that. Um yeah, I I've I've already said it. Like I didn't Well like Barry it.
1: Burton and Leon
2: Kennedy and listen, Ada Wong are in there, James. But listen, okay. Barry Burton, I I know we got some people in the chat who don't will not agree with me. Barry Burton was done dirty, okay? They waited an hour and two minutes to say his
1: goddamn name. Oh, no, I think everyone was done dirty. Maybe but, not Ada, but that's only yeah. because they got a voice actress to do it. That's right. And then, yeah.
4: like no, Ada was very subdued. Yeah. So, played very straight for, for Ada Wong. Leon and Barry, though, yeah, they were done bad. They, they were like porn parody versions of <laughs> Burton and Leon. Dude, you hit the nail
3: on the head.
4: Uh. And it's not like there, there there aren't actors that I would I would personally, you know, choose for for Barry and Leon. They certainly weren't it. And it's not that I have anything against the actors. In fact, the actor who played uh, Barry, I've, I've seen him in other things. He was in Lost and stuff like that. He's great. I think he's a maybe, you know, even then he's sort of like a yeah, you know, a bit too young for for Barry. I always think that Barry is mm. kind of you know slightly slightly older. kind of like looks, looks older, older and the bigger. Rest of the yeah, older and bigger. Um, um, I'm I'm gonna forget his name. Uh, off off. Uh, Stranger Things. Um, um
1: David Harbour. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, he is. He's he's Barry Burton to me. Like, mm. oh, if, yeah. <laughs> if, if he did a live action Resident Evil,
2: that would be that would be my pick.
1: Hundred percent. I agree.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: In, in conclusion, I didn't, didn't no.
0: Like. <laughs> um, before we get to characters, we'll just keep going around on plot. Um, Adam, what was your general sum up of the the pacing and the plot?
3: I mean, the the pacing was fine. You know, it's a movie that moves. Um, <laughs> it, it it doesn't really let up, and I guess that's got to be to its credit because otherwise it would be insufferable. Um, but there's no plot. I mean, let's just get this out there. There isn't any plot. It's literally 30 minutes in, and Wesker's like, you have to escape the facility. And I assumed that was happening anyway, when you yeah. wake up in a facility that you're trapped in. Um, so it was, <laughs> Imagine if it was just, just a like, case of, oh, oh I just they're live actually going to drag and... this out for the entire movie? <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, it's... And then, like, it's so funny because in in the second movie, I don't even remember. If I don't remember. these. Another thing with these damn movies is you never know which one is which. Just number them. <laughs> um, I think it, the second one is the one that's kind of based around Resident Evil 3, right? Right, yeah. yeah. But then Mila Jokovic gets to take, like, Jill's spot. Basically. And in this one, there's a scene from Resident Evil 4 completely lifted with Ada and Leon. When they meet in the room and and like she butterfly kicks the gun and then he dra- runs with the knife to the throat and they do that exact scene and now it's Mila that once again gets that scene.
2: Oh, like, I just I just remembered I just remembered Leon got put into horny jail by Ada.
3: <laughs> he sure did.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, Leon like, uh, sexual harassment. Kennedy.
3: Like Jordan was saying, you know, he's a certain type of actor. <laughs> <laughs> How much money and space does Umbrella have? All of it. They built <laughs> blocks of like... Not only did they build blocks of every city, they filled them with like clones. 100% perfect clones. What the <laughs> hell are they doing? Why are they My following this that? ridiculous narrative of wanting this uh, stupid virus? <laughs>
0: My favourite part about that is when they do the the zoom out map thing that they love so much. Um, The one called Suburbia is bigger than any of the city ones, which makes no sense whatsoever. Like, oh, just generic Suburbia, that's bigger than Moscow. Okay, (laughs) whatever you say. I like Um, to
3: think the Truman Show was also an umbrella project. (laughs) No, no,
4: listen. Don't pull the Truman Show into this. (laughs) Do not,
3: do not taint it with Paul W.S. Anderson. (laughs) The the funny thing is, is you were like, like, as much as we, like, Ada Wong looked the part, which is probably why we're giving her Mm. some slack, but realistically, like, all she does is expo, for what the film is already telling us as well. Like at one point he's like, Wesker's on the screen and he, and they, when you've just met Ada and he's like, you know, whoever is coming for you now. And then Ada says the exact same thing directly after him. She's like, they're coming for us now. (laughs) And, And she does that throughout the whole movie. All she does is just expo what's happening to the audience. Who's already watching what's happening.
0: The thing about Ada is, is, is it's irritating because they did get the actual in-game voice actor. So that's the only time someone who right. actually plays the character uh, gets to play the character in the film.
3: But she, the voice acting is so much better than what we get here. She's, yeah, She doesn't have the sass she has as right. uh, this, the video the script, game. She doesn't have any of that snark. Or yeah, she's not being that, directed like, in the same way. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge that she has. Well, uh, and, she doesn't and, have any of it.
0: Worst of all is when she first appears and you said about that scene and even Alice is like, oh, I know who you are. You're Ada Wong, right. one of Wesker's top operatives or whatever nonsense she <laughs> says. And then about oh, eight minutes later, they're in Tokyo. There's these two sort of executioner man genie type things and Ada Wong hides in a bus. She's one of the top operatives and then she goes and cowers in a bus. You know, it's
3: absolute nonsense. <laughs> no. to, what, I think what really sums this plot up is like we, I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler and I'm going to jump to the end of the movie but Wesker appears on screen at the beginning and tells her hey like Umbrella effed up and everyone's dead and we kind of need you now
5: mm.
3: but as we know from the end and from previous uh, from the next movie Wesker is still working for Umbrella so well, Wesker achieved. wants to capture Ada, uh, uh, Alice. So what he does is he gets her out of a facility where she's completely captured in order to <laughs> capture her. That's the plot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because the whole thing is, hey, uh, we need to work together now. Finally, um, right. And in the final film, it's oh, actually that was a trap. But, but yeah. yeah, she she was. But you already an hour had half her half ago. You already yeah.
3: had her in a sealed room. Absolute nonsense. And, um, and not for the first time, let's be honest. Umbrella, the yes. worst. <laughs> um, also, this was the movie where they just said, we never need to reload. <laughs> she I has can't two even machine noticed. pistols the entire film, constantly shooting them. <laughs> she doesn't reload a single time. And some of those pistols are double-barreled. So, oh, don't, let's not even get into those. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, so, oh, future. Oh, that's decisions. the next film. The, ammo is, the, next the film. ammo
4: is being spent pretty quickly.
3: <laughs> that is the next film, but yes, it is horrible. Uh,
4: but what <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, about about the plot before we move on is the the fact that uh, after Afterlife um, felt like a, it didn't feel like a sequel to Extinction. It felt like a, almost like a DLC to Extinction. It, it kind of finished off what. The mm. whole the whole point of what they were trying to do, um, you know, kind of get to the safe haven, and then retribution feels like a DLC to Afterlife. Um, they never feel like they're getting to the logical conclusion that extinction was was spelling out we're coming for Wesker, we're coming to you know finish it off. Because there's always it's always a case of a you know a fake out. It's always a case of Wesker gets away, or even if he gets killed, he gets away again. You know it. It's constantly dangling this wesker carrot throughout these last three mm. uh you know films you know especially and um yeah this this film despite the fact that I think it's one of the more entertaining out of the six uh it, it, it does not go anywhere fast um it, it's it's just a kind of a case of we have a lot of action set pieces. I, 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 swear that, you know, Paul Anson must just sit down and actually think. Okay, what do I want in this film? What do I, what kind of things do I want to do? Or you know, he's probably playing some of the Resident Evil games, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my wife to do that. I want my wife to do that. And then he like just writes a big old list, and then says, okay, I, I need it. Hmm. hmm. I can't go to the studio unless I have a story. Hmm. What should I do? Oh, right. Um. Alice has to get out of here. plot. That's it. Um, so it's, it's, it's insane. Th- where did I where did I put it? I actually said um, about about halfway through the movie or maybe sort of just at the end of the second act, I said this film might successfully fuse an intro sequence and an ending sequence without having a story in the middle. And that is exactly <laughs> what this film felt like. I, I did not feel like the intro ever stopped until it got to the final act and then it's like, no, okay it's set
3: piece the movie
4: yeah it's it's just it's strung together purely by its set pieces uh, so I can honestly say it does not have a plot um, and it's it's almost impressive with how much it manages to actually
3: c- continue to be a film. <laughs> How much complete... it continues to not do It's impressive. Yeah. How much it doesn't do,
4: yeah, it <laughs> completely fall apart. Nothing makes any sense. I mean, there's probably been more coherent plots made up by kids on a playground, you know, playing cops and robbers or something like that. You know, it's ah, like, oh, you shot me, yeah, but I got back up because I got you know special armor or something like that. Um, it's just that's Alice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Alice. It's also it's also it's also Barry. In Barry's death scene. (laughs) True. I love how. Boromir Burton, who
3: takes a
4: thousand shots (laughs) and still gets up and kills the bad
3: guy. I love the way how he puts his arms out after he shoots one dude. Like, you can kill me properly now. I killed one guy. Like, keep shooting, Barry. You're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) With the
4: smuggest of grins. Again, I was just kind of like, that is not Barry Burton.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm not really sure what else to go into. We could talk about the. The look and the sound of the movie, the general aesthetic. I mean, the only last note that I've got. I have so many notes still. Well, I'll let people just continue to exhaust their thoughts then. But the one. Just look through (laughs) them and try to. The one major one that I wanted to just add a slight positive was that the the score is actually pretty decent. Um, In particular, there's a leitmotif that uh, keeps coming back that gives this film a more solid identity compared to the others. Sort of like these rising low strings which is funny because it's very similar to um, a track from Outbreak called is Born, uh, as it turns out. Uh, but that I found quite cool and, and, and kind of catchy in a weird way. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's the same old level of um, aesthetic quality, not, not overthought, but not really thought about at all either, to be honest um adam you say you've got notes to have at it i suppose
3: <laughs> I'm, it's just a stream of com- like information really like the last Plagueis fight in moscow goes on for 10 minutes mm. like that's annoying because nothing happens really in it one person dies there's a lot you of know, like, well, whipping the,
0: back and forth with a couple no actual of
3: jobbers that you don't know are just right yeah 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 don't common. include sign language if you aren't gonna commit to actual sign language in your movie.
0: <laughs> wow, Is that a thing
3: I mean, d- don't include a deaf character if you're gonna really phone in the sign language. I think it's insulting.
0: i d- I want well, to be honest, I'm not okay with it, but that is pretty awful yeah
3: um well i'm I'm not super up on it, but they basically just use single words right like for their whole sentences, they'll just say one word. Ugh. like come on. Like, there there was no, especially if it's a, you have a clone group of people, like, are you really including, like, deaf people and stuff in your clone group? Like, what is that helping you with? Maybe, is it giving you better combat data? Who knows? <laughs> uh, the liquor was stupid. It looked good until they showed its scale. The mm-hmm. Mega Mushroom Liquor. <laughs> yeah, when it was on the building and I didn't realize it was as big as it was, I was like, oh... The liquor—that's pretty cool—and then it jumped down. And I was like, "Oh, it's trash!"
4: It completely defeats the purpose of a liquor as well. Because right. I, I know these aren't the games, but the whole symbol of liquors in the games is that you know this is something you don't want to mess with. Avoid it or be stealthy, but just just don't get entangled with it. What happens in this movie? Well, it's about six hundred times bigger, and they shoot it directly into the right. head. And not jumping it. anything, it's not blind or
3: anything. It clearly yeah. can pinpoint everybody. It's just stupid.
4: Yeah, it was just kind of, again, it was one of those things where they're throwing it in and it's like, well, you know this from the games, but now this is, it's bigger and, you know, isn't that scary? And it's like, <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, you know, as far as as far as far other aspects of the film, the, of the matter is that it, it does look good and it does sound good. Um, that's obviously not something that a film can, you know, solely rely on, but it's at least something mm-hmm. as, you're, as you're kind of going along with the, the rest of the absurdity. Um, I think the effects overall, I mean the CG stuff is not anything special, but um as far as obviously there's a lot of practical effects and practical sets, I do enjoy that. I was particularly interested in the um Magini executioner fight. Yeah uh, when they got the, when they got the two of them fighting Alice and Ada. Um I was just curious exactly how they made that because I, I was just thinking, well they had to make obviously the Maginis really big. I was wondering, you know, did they do any kind of force perspective or scaling? Um, obviously there would have probably been some green screen involved in that, but I was just curious. Cause I was like, oh. they obviously need to make the executioners look huge, like really much bigger than cars. So do they, did they actually make smaller cars or, you know, was this just maybe a bit of a shortcut in the computers? I'd love to know, but that there's, you know, as, as far as actual sort of, you know, filmmaking in the practical effects sense, there's loads here to sort of digest and pour over. It's, really fun in that respect and yeah the soundtrack is is really enjoyable as well i mean throughout the film and to be honest throughout the series it's always felt like a series made in the in the early 2000s uh despite the fact that this was made in 2012 it still feels like it was made in 2003 <laughs> yeah. in a good way and <laughs> yeah. then the final chapter also feels like it's made in 2003 in a bad way so uh, yeah overall it's still at least You know, looks good and sounds good. It's just if you're not that you would be going into this series expecting any kind of cohesive plot um, or you know endearing characters. uh, But at least it looks nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it has the highest. If you'll sit with me, it has the highest budget. So I suppose a lot of that went on making it look nice. To be fair, yeah, it didn't look
3: horrible. It looked like it. It was perfectly adequate in its. In its it? like effects and this the look of the movie.
0: Uh I think we got a little more time for a few more highlights before we move on. So Adam Okay, feel free. I
3: got a couple more. <laughs> so the Umbrella HQ had that big vent outside that when they blew it up destroyed the entire facility. Why have your why is that outside of the facility? <laughs> Star Wars logic. I know. Exactly. But even worse than a Death Star. Like at least the Death Star had to be like that had to be like a 1 in a million shot. This was just like an entirely unguarded big vent. I'll blow this up. The whole the whole place literally explodes. I I also
2: have one more thing to say. Um the last fight was completely unrealistic between Jill and Mila. Uh I mean, it a, looked mo- horrible. A, a monk uh, versus a dual wield ranger, the monk would always win. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, there's just no question. Okay, the monk would always
3: win. Jill would have won that one. Moving up, that fight went on for six minutes. By the way, wow,
4: that was the dude. longest six minutes in my life.
1: Jeez. Yes, uh, you know, speaking of fight scenes, I, I actually kind of liked like super, you know, super powered up rain.
3: It doesn't fit a Resident Evil film. But, but why was she like that? And when they said release the other Last us, they were just weak as crap and zombies.
1: Because poor <laughs> W. S.
3: Anderson doesn't know what a plot is and just wanted a fist fight. I think we had <laughs> we had the briefest.
1: The briefest ghost of the Mortal Kombat films came back for two seconds, you know. um, Mm. Yeah. Luckily, the zombies
3: can swim as well, so they were able to get her. (laughs) Oh, God, don't. And nobody died from hypothermia, which was good.
1: I think that's just because I was like Michelle Rodriguez, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) Looking at my biases, I would have rather watched a film series
3: based around her and her asshole characters rather than Alice. Mm. My very last note is just why is Wesker dressed like that? Because he's wearing that weird black body glove type thing. You're like, why is he wearing that? <laughs> it's lifted from RE5, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. But it just looks note. so yeah. weird in real life. Like, why? Because <laughs> is... he's not like a combatant, really. Like, why is he choosing to wear that? My, my last note is. Oh. New
2: Cryptid, the Mermen of Antarctica. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, obviously, as well, this this film you know finishes not you know in, in the Arctic or wherever, it, it it finishes at the White House, right? Amazing. Uh, um and uh, you know, all the characters are there, um, you know, Wesker looking particularly swole. Uh you know, this you've got Leon there important. and Ada yes. there. And it's it's a bit again another pan out to you know this massive massive landscape and you're thinking oh it's it's like the end of Two Towers when you see Mordor you think oh, now we're seeing what the final act's going to be and by the time we get into the next film we've completely cut past that it's it's all happened we we, we completely missed whatever they yep. were doing there we There's pan out to thousands, thousands
3: of zombies and flying stupid creatures it, it's in, and- it's insane.
4: I mean, the film—the film is insane with how many scenarios it has. I, I don't know if any of you have ever kept a dream log. Um, <laughs> you know, if you've ever tried to actually like write your dreams after you kind of like wake up and stuff like that. Kind of feels like that, where it's just kind of like nothing makes sense, <laughs> nothing ends. You know, just yeah, everything be is beginning again that. and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, maybe, maybe that's where you know Paul Anson got it. He just kind of like woke up and wrote it one day. Alice said, right. was knocked out again. It was just yes. <Yeah>. He's like, right, send that off to Sony. We've got another hit. Um, But yeah, I mean, it just, it ends a weird way and just sort of like I had expectations that maybe it would follow on directly after. I mean, this film followed on directly after the previous one. So it wasn't Mm. out of the question.
0: Well, then I suppose at some point down the line we'll have like an interquill to take place between (laughs) Retribution and the final chapter and show you what happened in those those few weeks. Don't tell really, them. That's don't really, tempt, really tempt, don't, don't give
1: him ideas. Don't give them ideas. Ty. stop.
0: <laughs> right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this one. We'll move on to the final <laughs> chapter. On that note, um, Steve, what are your final thoughts on Retribution?
1: Uh, oh God. Right. So, this film would have been vastly improved if they had just thrown out all of the existing characters, all of the existing plot elements, and just had Richard O'Brien do a big old death. You know. <laughs> Big old, like, I'm, I'm determined to push the Crystal Maze angle because I will watch like Crystal Maze, but it's sore with zombies. <laughs> you know, I, I, Richard O'Brien would kill it, it for, for our American listeners. That's the guy who played Riff Raff in um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, yeah, bald guy. Just look up Crystal Maze on YouTube; it's banging. You know, theme tune is Fair. a belter. Yeah. Um, as an actual film, right? It's garbage. It's <laughs> enjoyable popcorn garbage if you're not investing in the Resident Evil universe. Otherwise, you're going to be a Resident Evil and go. huh? It's that character I know. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. Although, I will give it credence. When it actually does commit to doing an action scene that's not just slow-mo every five seconds, I did occasionally enjoy it. For example, when uh, Alice and Ada are in the uh, little suburban house having a shootout with the bad guys that all look like, you know, Umbrella Gestapo. And, uh, you know, despite the rest of the podcast, I actually enjoyed that fistfight with Rain at the end. Um, Yeah, other than that, everything else is crap. Uh, you know, I feel bad for the poor young actress who got roped into this film who mm. uh, has a disability, probably. And, you know, there's only so many times we can go lol clones for a film plot and to excuse actors coming back.
0: Oh, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We've got a little bit more of that still to come. Uh, <laughs> <I know>. oh. <laughs> James, your final thoughts on retribution? Oh,
2: man. Um,. That's what happened in Paul W. S. Anderson's head just before making this movie, <laughs> basically.
0: No, right, good. so
4: <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> final thoughts on Retribution? Uh, the film is dumb as rocks. Uh, it survives purely off its spectacle, but I mean, it's it's not clever, but it's not boring, um, especially in comparison to the rest of the films. Yeah. All I would say is that I hope that you hated all of those. Uh, iconic Resident Evil characters from the games that they brought into the movies because the film certainly will make you hate them <laughs> I mean if this is your first impression with you know Ada or Leon or Barry Burton I mean you've got the absolute worst introduction to those characters um, and it does a disservice to it but mm. besides that um, it's a more palatable film out of the bunch and it's at least got some action if you want some cheap action, um you could you can stick this on and it would be fine. You could even have it on mute. You're not gonna miss any story. <laughs>
0: um and Adam, any final thoughts on retribution?
3: Um I will pretty much just echo what everybody else said. It's mm-hmm. it's it I can see how it could be entertaining in a stupid way. Yeah. It it, it definitely moves at a a decent pace and it's got a lot of it's got a lot going on in there it's just not good from our point of view you know it's and i guess from the general public's point of view said Mm. it was the worst performing one
0: um Um, no i don't think so
3: no not okay i i don't remember um but i know it didn't do massively well because the next one had a big cut in its budget i believe
0: I know. I think Apocalypse is the lowest rated one, which oh, is. Oh,
3: okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Apocalypse was the second one, right? Yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that we actually <laughs> rather enjoyed. enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's funny. So. And
0: Retribution is the one that I have enjoyed the most since that one. I, I would take this over Extinction and over
3: Afterlife. Sure, um, I get it because it is. It doesn't. Yeah, I understand where you're coming. Mm-hmm. It's from not because it doesn't. It's not boring. It is bad, but it's exactly, not completely boring. Exactly, it's not a boring movie at least. Yeah. Um, um, you know, for it not having any plot, mm-hmm. it it still does stuff, and it's entertaining to see all the different areas. No matter how much it doesn't make sense, yeah. You know, in terms of like, canon or even even its own movie canon, which is insane. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're coming from. I I didn't like it, but it wasn't the worst experience.
0: Yeah,
1: basically. We- before we springboard into the next film, can I ask you a quick question? Uh, this is directed at you because you have the most experience with Resistance, besides myself. Um, would you say this is the outfit that Jill's like movie esque outfit is based on, but it's got like a, a million more belts? <laughs> I know this is, this is a weird question to throw out there, but this is it, it, her outfit. See, this is the one where I was like, "That's a Resistance outfit without sunglasses and
0: belts." <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's this one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is yeah, that one thing. called Retribution as well or am I going yeah, I crazy? Yeah, the
0: outfit is actually called yeah, there you go Sunny in the chat Jill's outfit is called Retribution so yeah, it is a direct I actually want to eat it. my own glasses in rage oh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah um, coming out of as we said previously the Silent Hill Film Club episode which is either out now or will be out in a couple of weeks um, this was lovely to watch compared to the second Silent Hill film which was just so drab and boring Um, But yeah, it doesn't mean it's a good film, unfortunately. But it's not as bad as Afterlife, That's, that's that's the final point. We are finally here, we have arrived at the final chapter, Uh, once again written and directed by Anderson, had a budget of £40 Adam, as you pointed out, it's a much lower budget. In fact, with the exception of the first film, it's the lowest budget of the entire franchise. Uh, It was released on the 23rd of December 2016, um, originally, um, and then the 25th of January 2017 in France, and then the rest of the world got it. Uh, metered out from there Um, it earned 13.9 million on its opening weekend in the US which is the lowest of the series it finished on 26.8 million uh, in the US and Canada which is the lowest of the series but it did do 285 million worldwide, yes 285 million which is the largest return worldwide for the franchise and the film ended on 312 million dollars overall which is the highest-grossing film of the series, and uh, pushed the series past the $1 billion mark. It has a 37 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 49 on Metacritic, which is the highest rating for an entry in the series, according to the website. Uh, getting out there, now everyone who's rated it on the website is wrong. This is the worst one in the entire Absolutely. franchise. Um, absolutely. I think I said it in a previous episode as well. I think I said, oh, God, Retribution's so bad. And I didn't think the final chapter was quite as bad. But my opinion has definitely flipped. Watching this one back was just absolutely miserable. Um, yeah, once again, how do I even start the plot of this one? Um, yes, it, I, I think it takes place three weeks after Retribution. I think that's a detail that is specifically in the the novelization it's never actually specifically called out in the film Um, Alice is wandering around the wasteland of Washington after being betrayed by Umbrella or something I guess she Um, woke up once again she she wakes up again Yep. conveniently falls down a hole where she comes across the Red Queen who tells her there's an antivirus in the hive back at Raccoon City and she needs to get it Uh, (laughs) before yet another countdown clock runs out you mean the Red
1: Queen that was trying to kill her the entirety of the last film, say? Si.
0: Right. Yeah, there's some what? very, no, no, no. very you, big you, issues with this You've got this plot.
3: wrong, Steve. We now disregard all previous movies. Right.
0: So, yeah, this film opens with yet another um, juxtaposition y kind of. Uh, My name is Alice. Here's everything you need to know. This time, it's all completely different. Um, the origin of the T virus has completely changed. The use of the T virus is completely changed. We're introduced to James Marcus, which is. A nice nod, I guess. Uh, I, I think he's the only character in this film, with the exception of Claire, who's returning from Afterlife, um, who's a video game character, but he's not—he's barely in it, so he doesn't really count. Um, and yeah, so that retcons the the major plot points of Apocalypse and really starts to tear lots and lots of holes in the plot. Um. Is this the first time that everybody watched the final chapter? As I said, I've watched it once before and I thought it was okay, but not so much this time around. Um James, you obviously saw this one before. How did you feel about it, uh, previously compared to now? Uh
2: I I couldn't keep up with it. Um mm. like I am really trying to <laughs> rail it in, but I could I couldn't I couldn't keep up with it. It was just... There was so much happening. And again, it just felt like a... You know, it just felt like a second Retribution movie. Right? With some kind of weird added storyline. Yeah. And uh, again, I I got down my notes that... My name is Alice. And this should have been called The Alice Story. Because no one else matters. Yep. You know...
0: Especially this one.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And it's just... It's so clear that at this point do you know uh action hero um hero franchises they can work well when an- the character is put into danger but alice is never put into danger mm. other than the first couple of movies right and he never brings anything new so you always know she's going to win which is why it gets boring which is why your your eyes drift from the screen and you turn on your phone and You have a look at Reddit or you go on Twitter (laughs) like I was. In fact, Mm -hmm. at the time, I was completing the choose-your-own-adventure stuff. I was just amending some things while I was watching the movie. I was barely keeping my eyes on it because it just wasn't interesting.
1: Were you watching Um, this one speed-boosted as well, James, just out of curiosity? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's big brain moves. Props. Man's a genius. I do, <laughs> do want to bring
2: something up, though, that was pretty cool. Um, now, clearly, this film had a lower budget, so they had to make some cuts. And one of those cuts was uh, using something that all horror movies should be using. And um, he didn't use since the first two movies, and that's lighting. Um <laughs> this will like this will likely be the only positive thing I say about this film. He actually uses lighting pretty good in this film when it comes to the horror aspects, especially during what i'm what I call the meat room um the monsters in that room were pretty cool mm. um and they were original and unique uh, I like to know the his like kind of the
1: blood shots yeah. yeah.
2: oh were they okay cool. Well, I liked them. They were kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much the only nice thing I'm going to say about this movie, as it lo- completely lost me uh, as a summary. And uh, right. I also believe that it's just a second Extinction movie as well, because they kept using yeah. the same kind of... Uh, yeah. I just, yeah. Oh, and also, they, it had the... Um, I don't know what to call it. I don't know what effect it would call it. I, I used to call it The Last of Us effect, Right, but it's I, I. But why during a zombie ap- zombie apocalypse are buildings just falling apart? I don't get it. <laughs> right, like I, I don't get it. Like if buildings are just sinking into the ground because of a zombie apocalypse. I, I don't get that. But yeah, we'll you, we'll we'll talk more about because you know, it. I, cool. I can feel I can feel my brain just kind of vibrating right now. <laughs> so, go on to somebody else. <laughs>
0: You're right though it's it was it's very hard to focus on this film at times. I've been uh, a little bit under the weather the last few days and I tried to the first time I tried to watch this, I sort of kept drifting off with that i mean say what you will you can make a joke about the film. It was probably just me being exhausted, but I stopped it and was like okay i um I'm, I'm not paying enough attention um and I'm only like twenty minutes in or something, right? So I can just rewatch it. So I stopped it, and it came up with the clock at the bottom, and I was fifty minutes in. And I was like, "What? How am I fifty minutes in? <laughs> Nothing has happened. <laughs> Nothing has happened at all." And it's not like time flew because I was having fun. <laughs> I was waiting for the film to start. Um, Adam, what's your previous experience with this? Did you see it when it came out or or not? No,
3: this was my again first and last time watching. Uh, Steve. Uh, have you seen this one before?
1: This is my second watch of the film, and the first time was where, about, when about when was Film Club episode two? Um, it was around then. I six bit, months picked, ago. Yeah, I picked up a box set because I hadn't seen this film, so I grabbed the box set, of the lot, to fill out my collection. And uh, I got curious, and that yeah, that first time watching it six months ago on DVD. So I watched the same DVD again. Mm-hmm. He's not getting Blu-ray prices.
0: <laughs> um, and obviously, Jordan, I know this is your first time watching it as well. Um, yeah,
4: absolutely. I didn't even—I I didn't even know that it came out for a long time. Like, I, I knew that they were kind of—they were making, you know, a final film. But as far as when it actually came out, the launch was not pronounced. I um, it just sort of felt like it kind of came and went, and it was just one of those things like, oh, okay, well, yeah,
0: it kind of was. Despite it's an the ending. fact that it was like quite success, successful from a money perspective obviously as i pointed out but it was that's insane i
4: i can't believe that it, awful, it got it? that many
3: people into cinemas uh, there's actually like a sly reason for that um i was looking at the the facts on like the imdb facts naturally and it was one of the only full series to be um converted into tamil which is the Native language of India, and they actually had a song produced in Tamil just for the movie, which was hugely successful in India. So everyone in India went and saw the movie. Imagine why they made so much money. Imagine if the cut in India is actually
4: like a really good film, like it's (laughs) actually changed dramatically. Indian
2: films.
4: (laughs) Well, well, now I know Resident Evil is getting you know Tamil (laughs)
3: translations. Absolutely. That's just a funny little fact though that's pretty interesting. No
0: that, that Yeah, I didn't see that one. Um the one fact that I grabbed a hold of which explained a lot of what I hated about it is that because of the budgetary restraints a lot of it was filmed handheld which is why I found this film very I don't it made me feel crazy at points and again I've been under <laughs> the weather anyway. So maybe that's to blame but it's like The amount of shots in this one is like double the stuff in Retribution, I felt like. And the I don't know, there's just nothing in most of the shots. I don't know what I'm meant to be looking at. The locations are nothing. They're so boring and I can't get a sort of lock on, on what's going on around them. It's just a lot of nothing happening, but a but a lot of nothing for the most part of the film. It's just a series of events until we at least until you get to the hive, and then it's slightly slower series of events. Um, Steve, what are your general thoughts on sort of the final chapter um, and the setup and stuff like that?
1: I've never seen Mad Max Fury Road. I understand that was a big thing at the time these films were made. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I right thinking that was also mostly handheld shaky cam stuff? Or
0: I could believe that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like it
3: was, yeah, yeah, it was, was filmed everything. in that
1: kind of style. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: The fact we get a direct extinction sequel is peculiar, really, because so the narrative was going in a very different direction. Mm. It's almost like Co-Veronica to four levels of narrative whiplash. Um, uh, you know, instead of a stock market, it's just a uh, lol, I was a baddie all along from Wesker. Yeah. Um I, <sighs> Right. So going into this, I was not expecting much the first time and the second viewing, pretty much the same. Uh it, the only thing I really could take away with it was when whenever the characters are speaking, there is apparently a narrative occurring that basically boils down to they all get angry at each other and then move af- move further on. Now, um, to Dr. Isaac's credit, like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the the, the, uh, you know, the, the the water I was drinking or the Coca-Cola or whatever. Whenever he was on screen, I was mesmerized. But I think that's just the actor's talent for right. owning a scene. Um why it felt like, whenever it was just action or stuff, it felt like filler sequences. Like, you know, in 90s, like, video games which had FMVs, like Command & Conquer, you'd finish a mission to be like, oh, you know, random truck drive or a random explosion or a gunfight. That's what I felt like 90% of this film was to me. Like, you know, the odd bit of exposition in the 90s FMV drama, it was crap. <laughs> I, uh, th- then, like everyone says, we get to the hive, and, you know, if Jason Isaac, sorry, not Jason Isaac, if Dr. Isaacs isn't on screen, I wasn't really bothered. because, And I, that's only because he had smug English power, which draws Steve into just listening. He's a git. I like him. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: Yeah. <sighs> he was the the shining thing about Extinction I think we all agreed or, or, mad or priest like in something.
1: a car man like, you know, I'd watch that film <laughs> I'd just, just watch him being a complete nutcase uh, that's much better than anything that like, Miller Jovovich and friends are doing
0: I remember that being my reaction the first time I watched it as well that he was the best part about it whatever I felt about the film and how that may have changed I, I always knew that he was the best thing about Final Chapter and that's still true um but yeah, like a lot of the dialogue in this is basically non-existent. Like Alice meets this group that, uh, and reunites with Claire, and I think I don't know. They say what like sixteen lines between them, and then the film moves on to more action sequences, or at least that's that's what it feels like. There's a whole bit where Claire just kind of like, oh, I'm shacking up with one of them, and it's so unnecessary. Just like Anderson just given up on writing legitimate dialogue. The only things he can write are exposition. So that's why the Red Queen and the Scott basically 90% of the dialogue of the film. <laughs> um Adam, what's your general thoughts to the sort of setup of the final chapter?
3: Just it's just so diametrically opposed to the rest of the series. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Like, and we've said that a lot, but this one really doesn't. It's just. I don't get it. It's.
2: Oh.
3: Guys, do you see what this is doing to Adam? Uh, <laughs> do you see what this why, is doing? Why was it called the T virus if it was made as a cure for something? You don't <laughs> call the cure saying a virus. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, you've got the cold. Don't worry. Here's a virus for you. Like, <laughs> I don't want that. Like, I don't.
1: I mean, we had this back in, uh, you know, apocalypse, didn't we? Where the T virus was the cure for uh, some. You know, what was what was she suffering with? What was Angie's problem? In, in who the bloody knows?
0: Film? I don't know. So, you know.
1: For the sake of argument, fibromyalgia, uh, and now it's aging. You know, uh, it's totally different mm. f-ing disease. I, 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 I can't stop swearing, si. it's it's sorry. It's
0: fine. I, it's understandable. I just don't it's... understand why he thought it was okay to be like, you know what? I'm just going to throw all the other films in the trash. I mean, I know no one cares that much, he just doesn't much, even but...
3: think about it. It doesn't even matter to him.
0: I guess not.
3: I mean, you when know... he starts every movie with an expo dump, he can do what he wants because he just gives you a fresh version of events. Mm. Mm-hmm. This expo dump in this movie was nearly five minutes. <laughs> for I mean, you them. we can't even pull the video game.
1: We can't pull the video game defense of unreliable narration, can we? Because it's it's always Alice. Yeah,
3: by... <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's all you need to tell us is just like, oh yeah, I'm Alice and I can pretty much do anything. Let's on with the show. Um why is the like in the decimated world um in the White House or wherever she is, I don't know where she is, but she goes down and there's that old school printer running saying, Hello, Alice. Like, what's that about? Like why do you have an old ass printer? Where you can know. just turn all your own monitors on whenever you want. They clearly There's found no an old printer and they were like, let's use that in the film. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Smaller where the budget, budget went. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's a tax they, write-off. They don't even <laughs> give us, I correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't even give us one line of exposition about where the kid, Jill, no. Leon, no, no. any of them went.
0: Again, that's par for the course though, isn't it? When you move to a new film in the franchise, a bunch of characters disappear and they don't bother to explain it. Like, yeah,
3: if they're not in the expo dump, they're, out, they're they're out. Yeah,
0: like Angie. Funnily enough, talking about her right. from Apocalypse um, in the novel, it explains what happens to her, which is deeply she disturbing.
3: She gets told, like, hey, there's like 4,000 humans left on the planet. She leaves that room and immediately kills six people.
0: (laughs) That's so true. That's some of the scenes that I didn't like, either is the fact that she's just randomly killing people, when the whole plot of the film is you've got however many hours before there's not enough people left on the planet to save it, which, again, how exactly that works, I don't know, but...
1: Yeah, arbitrary time limit for the mm. extinction of the human race and they just blew up like what 10 billion clones in the last film as well.
3: And in but... this one they kill like 1000 I get... I understand they're Umbrella employees but are we just to believe all of them are horrendous evil people yeah, exactly, or would right. we try would we like try to save them and be like, "Hey, Umbrella went to sh-. <laughs> let's let's try to live." Um
0: Jordan Netra what's...
2: Just, Netra just came up with. <laughs> Hi, my name is Alice and I'm a monster hunter. I hope she's playing Alice in that movie as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you can be guaranteed it's going to be exactly the same situation. Those you just got a monsters. That <laughs> yeah. uh, Jordan, I mean... what's your general thoughts on the setup of the film?
4: Well, initially I was optimistic with the film. I mean, you know, retribution kind of ended with some kind of promise that maybe something big would happen. And that big thing had already happened by the time that we actually got into this film. But the fact of the matter is that it, it you know, the film's title is a promise to the audience. This is going to end. Trust me. We, mm. We're actually going to have a conclusion. Wink, wink. Um, Yeah. You, you, you can, you can go home satisfied after this. I mean, I was even feeling optimistic by the Screen Gems logo um because it was actually changed um you know watching the movies back to back you know I'd always see the red and black Screen Gems uh logo come into the pre-roll uh, of the of the film and you know it's sort of one of those things where it's it's become emblematic of this is going to be a bad time but all of a sudden the Screen Gems like oh it's it's like uh you know, it's a, a daybreak, nice blue skies just above the clouds. It's it's almost an indication that things are moving on, things are going to change. We're finally getting out of the storm. Um, but this film is just dross. It, it uh, <laughs> even even despite the fact that the only thing it needs to do is to bring us closure, to bring a conclusion, kill the bad guys, you know, save humanity, go home. Uh, it, it fails to do that almost immediately because uh, you know you kind of you, you know you wake up well you wake up with Alice in, in in DC and you know everything's decimated there's nothing alive apart from monsters so you know what's the point and then you go to Raccoon City and it's exactly the same thing because obviously it's all it's all decimated and blown up and stuff I just thought it's not much of a world left saving mm. at this point you surely you know most writers would have uh, you know sort of an existential conversation about what humanity even is anymore when you've got absolutely nothing left to save. but no, this film still wants to have slap fights between Alice and all of the antagonists. You know, they gotta, they gotta get her moving. They got this, they've got to bring some zombies out of somewhere. Cause as we know, they, they exist in just about every environment. They swim underwater in, in frozen lakes, you know, just to be used at some point in the plot. It's it's weird because it's like, despite the fact that it is single track, it feels so aimless. It kind of it feels like it's constantly trying to take detours and tr- and constantly trying to uh, tell us that this is important. Like we mm. we need to have this standoff here. We need to have this fight here. And it's just like you you don't you don't have a film. You don't have a plot. You just know that you need to finish this series. Um, and it's it's so unsatisfying. And the only times that it actually kind of engaged with me, you know, when I wasn't like, you know, like the rest of you checking Twitter or checking how long the films got left. The only time is it's engaging with me. It was just me getting angry at the film. It's just like, come on. We we don't need another set piece. I don't care about the umbrella fun run. I don't care how <laughs> many zombies you've got chasing after this giant tank. I don't care about Alice and her Mary Suzuki bike. I don't care about <laughs> any of that. Just kill the bad guys, you know, cure whatever is left of the world of the of the zombie virus. And, and let's just call it a day. And honestly, this felt like the longest 90 minutes I've ever sat through. Because uh, it just, even when I thought it had ended, it didn't end. Even when you think the main characters have all been killed off, they haven't. Clones, clones, clones. It's the duct tape of this series. <laughs> it's everywhere. So, yeah, generally, I, I hate this movie. I mean, I, I, I think I hate it as much as Batman versus Superman. And it's... It's it's just a film that is not even like Batman vs Superman, which is just a massive kind of mismanagement of whatever they were trying to do with all of the properties that they had. This film had no excuse to be this meandering. Right. It's only 90 minutes. You just need a couple of action set pieces. Um, but other than that, just actually get us to the ending. It, it did not have anything. It had nothing for 80 minutes, and then it finally it, it concluded within 10. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. Ugh.
0: It's um it's kind of what we mentioned previously, is the fact that, like, you're right, just unlike the last film, you've got one plot thread, you've got one character we're following this time, a straight line from here to here, this is where we know we want to get to. Um, but because it's just a straight line of set pieces and there's no sort of act one, two and three, it's just painful, it's not plotted out at all. Um yeah, it's just a, a long, very straight line from one city to another and then down a bit, and then there's a room where there's a few fights and then it's over. Most of my notes, when you talk about getting angry, most of my notes <laughs> is just me pointing out the plot holes because there's a lot of plot holes in this film.
1: Can we like, get a bigger name for it, like Plot Vacuum or...
0: Yeah, that's probably about right. Plot black, know, black Holes. Black. holes. Yeah. What's the biggest volcano on the
1: earth? Uh the... <laughs> Or the biggest uh, sea trench, uh, you know, (laughs) plot plot vortex,
0: (laughs) plot Mariana's Trench.
1: Yeah, or you know, the Laurentian (laughs) (laughs) abyss.
0: The one that wound me up the most,
3: singularity. Yeah,
0: is uh, the Red Queen enlists the help of Alice to stop Umbrella uh, because she is programmed. Despite the fact in the last film that she's taken over Umbrella and thrown Wesker out. Um, she can hand over the hive controls to Wesker now. Apparently, that, that makes sense. That she's suddenly okay. Whatever. Um, but the main thing is, that, yeah. So A- Alice, you're gonna you're gonna assist. We're gonna work together because I can't harm an Umbrella employee. You'll have to do it for me. Um, despite the fact that Alice spends most of the first film, and Spencer as well in the first film, are uh, trying to escape the Red Queen's wrath and her traps. They're Umbrella employees. That's the setup for the first Mansion. film.
1: Not to mention all of the umbrella employees she murders. right yes, at the start and all the team people. that get shot up by lasers. Like,
0: those it. are all umbrella property, um, but and apparently they're okay to kill, but not anymore. By no, this you point, don't no.
3: understand, size. When the population gets down to four thousand, oh. that's when it kicks in that countermeasure. Silly me.
1: Silly me. How many pods count for those four thousands in in the big they elevator? They there's
3: thousands of them. Like... Do, I mean, not, not to be on the, def- the defensive for the umbrella people. Do they not count in that number?
1: Are they not counting No, I guess people? they
3: don't count. Because <laughs> they're waiting for the population to be wiped out before they repopulate.
1: Yeah. Not to pull out the Clerks' defense, but they can't all be evil people. It's like not exactly. all evil people That's work on the, def- you know, the the Death Star and whatnot. Um, sorry, the, it, just watch Clerks. There's a whole bit about how not everyone of the Death Star died. You know, should have died because some of them would just be people... Trying to mm-hmm. do their thing, pay their wages. A lot yeah. of them would be contractors. Yeah. Oh, uh, C4. A lot of them. Wipe them out. <laughs>
3: well, apparently, apparently, that's yeah. what yeah, you just do. Kill them. Yeah. All. Whatever. Don't need them. <sighs> um. Also, it's funny because, like, it when when he's explaining that plan to the board of directors, how is no one like you're insane? <laughs> exactly right you want to decimate the world's population with a virus that will not not just decimate the population but turn them into very dangerous things i it just what plan is that?
0: <laughs> it's almost like it already happened and they came up with the plan a plan afterwards, but yeah, I but assume then,
3: that but then. Wesker was giving that dude orders, and now that dude's giving Wesker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Orders. When did they? What the... Yeah, that. Um... I mean,
4: two two cautions for this film series of of people who shouldn't watch this. Uh, you know, people who inspect plot holes and accountants. You know, just don't be an accountant <laughs> watching this film because you will not be able to make sense of any kind of you know financial dealings going on with uh, Umbrella. I mean, they've got something that actually changes the world if we're to believe that this doesn't just affect you know the, the superpowers or, you know all of the all of the really you know big big nations um you're you're looking at like complete worldwide decimation that is their plan how can they afford to implement something like that um now i know the answer to that and that is there is no answer to that um <laughs> they don't want you asking those kind of questions they just want to kind of Show you the spectacle, but I mean, it's. I mean, there, there obviously are quite a few different retcons going on in this film, or you know that there's at least some kind of bending of what has actually kind of come before it, what's motivated things. I mean, we haven't even turned, uh, we haven't even touched upon uh, the entire Alicia uh, reveal, right. thinking, which you can, which you can say. spell out like immediately. It yeah, happens it, at the start of the film, and then it just. Even though you know it, it doesn't actually confirm it for the rest of the film.
0: No, but that scene that Adam mentioned where they're talking about Umbrella's evil scheme, I guess Anderson just figured you won't question the stupidity of that scheme, because you'll be too busy thinking, Oh, well that's clearly Miliovovich at the end of that table, (laughs) because it's very obviously her voice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. (laughs) Can you sound old
3: dear?
0: Try.
3: But we can almost make you look old. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that Resi Granny? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's
5: a very different voice, James
0: <laughs> Sorry <laughs> Gran. <laughs> but I I know you said I just don't with the plot holes, but why why if the Red Queen is based on and they specifically said the voice and the appearance of this girl why does she have an English accent when she's a child, but not when she's a, a full-grown woman slash an old lady? Why? Uh, my, <laughs> my nose bleeds. My nose. I...
4: Also, are there as many Red Queens as there are films? Because I know they've changed the the actress or the, the likeness. <laughs> but that I know I, I know that's just because of like typical production inconsistencies and stuff. And mm-hmm. really, the Red Queen only kind of made you know an important factor of how she looked in the final film. But it's it still it feels like they did change the Red Queen every single time she appeared in the films.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So who was the White Queen? Christ. In the third
0: film. You know. I don't even remember that.
3: Uh, no, I don't remember either.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, my, my brain could not fucking I can't
4: I
1: can't handle this crap. Can first of it? all,
4: first of all, this is your fault for actually trying to remember these movies. Because, because clearly Paul Anderson doesn't want to remember these movies. Yeah, That's why he exactly. makes them
3: brand new each time. He must not remember the amount of times in just in the last two movies we had like flashbacks and references to the laser grid, mm. and then uh, yet again, yeah. And then, it, and then, uh, about three minutes after the flashback to the laser grid, we get the laser grid. Just like, it's like, what the hell is going on? This laser grid's got to be the highest-paid thing in this series. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: so it's so ironic because It's living it, off you, those royalties. You know, you have it, like a two-hour uh, film, and you know, it might have like a particular set piece, and then like say you make like a licensed version of that film as as a game, and because a game needs to be you know typically about maybe like ten to fifteen hours, uh, it will recycle um, those set pieces because you know it only happens for like a minute, so you you want to try it again, so. It's the inverse with Resident Evil like the laser grid shows up maybe once in uh Resident Evil Four and then th- the series just decided to keep making it. I know that obviously it debuted in the films beforehand I believe
3: mm-hmm. yes
4: yeah, but still it's it's in every single you know encounter that they can make as as far as like uh umbrella facilities if they can put a laser room in there they'll do it, and it's crazy because it's like. You don't have that much time to spend in these ninety-minute movies on the same thing, and yet you do it every time. It's not even—it's not even that iconic at this point. It's just—it's so drawn out. Mm-hmm. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen the dogs. Uh, you know, everyone's seen the same things that were already established in the first film. You can't just keep repeating that. But they made a whole series out of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, in the last film as well, the Red Queen says, "They're infamous. You're all going." To die down
3: here, line. So like eight times.
0: Yeah, and Alice is like, "Oh, heard that one before." <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> if
3: you wait to the end of the credits, the screen goes <laughs> yes. black, flashes red, and she says <laughs> yeah. it again.
0: And it's in this film, yeah, during the film, and it's it's the quote unquote post credits. It's just her saying that at the end of the credits. <laughs> it's a bit it's nihilistic, so, isn't it? It's so
2: <laughs> lazy.
0: Yes, well, that that's the word for the film. Lazy. Yeah, the whole film's lazy. The whole film is very lazy.
3: Ah. Uh, also you're told that there's like 48 hours before humanity is wiped out basically or the humanity that is left on not the umbrella hidden population um and we can only assume that that is they are being wiped out like you know they have 48 hours before they're overrun it's not like They're all alive and then they're all going to die at the end of 48 hours. You have to assume that they're dying as this movie's going on. Um, So we get to the end and she says there's four minutes left. So how many... I mean, that 4,000 has to be down to a mere couple hundred. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But we then follow Alice in real time for 10 minutes. So there's four minutes left. The movie goes on for still 10 minutes. Then she finishes her fight with the dude. And then there's some cuts of her getting out of the facility. So that's adding more time on, presumably. So the the human race is gone at this point. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, thank God. Can we talk about the tiny vial of antivirus that immediately kills every zombie?
0: Yeah. And then she's like,
3: it's being carried by the wind. So who knows where it's going? That is not how these things work. I mean, the zombies, you know. You would think that the the lab would have like a dispersal system or something for it. That's what I was expecting. Adam. But no, she goes outside and throws it on the ground, and then every zombie dies. But then, apparently, you have to just hope the wind takes it round everywhere on Earth, which is.
2: You see, it's spooky zombie juice.
1: (laughs) I can explain this in that clearly, at some point during his research for these scenes, may have played Dead Rising 1 and you get these little bees and it has the exact same effect when you slam one on the ground only it doesn't do it like over the world it does have like a 10 meter Mm. radius Mm. It's the exact same just like limply fall down
0: dead yeah that's that's true actually
3: it's so horrible it's like well done that antivirus would now just be gone like it would be so dispersed it wouldn't do anything
0: speaking of um, Anderson just taking things wholesale from other things um, we saw the Mortal Kombat X-ray vision in the last film. This one has Sherlock Holmes future vision just oh, amazing! totally I can't believe that how can you get away they with like that? They never explain
3: why he's like that as well.
0: No, because he he's He's
3: got up.
1: cybernetic upgrades and that's the and one line you'll, stabbed, you'll get. It
3: says when he's getting stabbed, it's like reboot zero <laughs> <You're> percent. <like, laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
5: Yeah. I do I, like uh, how the Mad Priest
3: I, clone I, wins. Like he
1: surely he could have seen the one-handed man with a knife who looks a bit unhinged. Well, no. Um
3: okay. Too busy being smug.
2: <laughs> I t- I also made that same note. Si. I was like, "This is just they're trying to do Sherlock Holmes, but worse." Yeah, it's just so much worse. And yeah, the the best line is just when a re- OG. Uh, What's his name again? Isaac uh, turns to his clone and just says, "I'm you, you idiot." <laughs> 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 Funny.
3: And I, then he just like, I, ah, "I'd like to be one him. of the other people." I'd love to be one of the other people in that room when Alice is working out the probabilities of like what is she can attack him with, and he's working out how she would fail. Because if you were West, you'd be standing there while they both just kind of looked at the table for a couple of minutes, and like, <laughs> "What's going on?" <laughs> That's that's all right. Right. You know, that's and then one Wesker, all the time. Wesker gets his foot cut off by a door and yeah, dies Yeah,
0: there you go. And then a few minutes later he gets killed by a door. Like uh, the,
1: the archetypal villain of the friggin games gets jobbed off by a door.
3: <laughs> and how does that work? Like how does the door how why is one f- I don't Okay, right. I've got a theory. He's standing up. So when the door like the door knocks him down and then he shifts under the door with one foot. <laughs> I just don't know what's happening there.
2: Okay, I've I've got a theory, guys. Okay, and I put it in my notes for retribution, but it's it it speaks for the entire series. Mm. This entire series was a D and D game <laughs> that it went off the rails because doors are the worst enemy of any player True. character, right? They always cause the most controversy. That is the reason.
3: <laughs> if there's ever more than one door, you're in trouble. You're done. <laughs>
4: And
5: they,
1: i thought and they it was an achilles off- heel thing i honestly i thought it was some kind of achilles thing uh, uh, no i'm kidding it's, just, <laughs> I, it's complete crap
4: uh well, yeah sorry well i just don't think i had the budget to actually kill wesker any other way they're just like i just get a door to kill him through the ankle and, and they ripped off robocop in in the process with the whole you're fired um mm. segment it's like okay
0: yeah that's true that's that's directly. Listed also, from Robocop. she
3: owned she owned fifty one percent of the company. Why didn't she fire Jason Isaacs as well? <laughs> Jason Jason Isaacs. Wait, Isaacs—that was his name, right? Yeah, Alexander Roland Isaacs.
1: Alexander, uh, Isaacs. Okay. Jason Isaacs, the actor who Jason does the Isaacs monologue in the first actor. film.
3: Yes, you're right. I got I messed that up. Yeah, Isaacs. Why didn't she fire him as well?
4: Yeah, no, you're you're thinking too much. You're not supposed to think. Well, why didn't think... he just kill you're her? You're supposed like... to think during these yeah, movies. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the
3: the takeaway is humanity is dead, but it's okay because Alice gets her memories back that she knows she never had.
0: Yeah, that's the most infuriating thing of all, isn't it? This film sort of ends with um, what is meant to be a touching moment that Alice gets her uh, amnesia, sort of cure, she gets all these childhood memories back, but, but she knows they're not real, yeah. But it's also never been a driving thing of the films, True. anyway. So it's, it's not never
3: been something it, the you can't feel people. anything
0: for that because it's not exactly like it's been something we've been working towards. It's
3: just it's not cathartic in any <laughs> no, way exactly. because she's just a robot, anyway. Yeah. She's always been like a robot and she's been knocked out and woken up a million <laughs> How does she not have like <laughs> flipping football players' concussion?
6: She should the...
3: have. Ugh. Go ahead. No, you're good. I don't want to. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> she's also, you know, despite the fact that she is the protagonist for six films, she is the least appealing protagonist you could mm. imagine. That the audience never connects with her. Um, we never know more wants... about
3: Ethan than we know about her after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you, you, like.
4: You, you never really want to see her succeed because why like you know what's in it for the audience there isn't much you know at stake for the audience and to to go six films without ever making alice endearing is quite a feat that is a lot of screen time where people simply don't care about the main character that is a there's a failure like i mean if it was
3: well, they bait and switch her so many times, and there's clones, and she dies, and she, she doesn't die and She gets she just, knocked down, and yeah. she gets superpowers, and she's yeah, and it's, it's just a mess. It's such a mess.
4: I mean, if it was, if it was, you know, just about any uh, other movie series, and it wasn't called Resident Evil, it wouldn't make it to six films because mm. it's just not appealing in that manner. But it just, you got this whole self-insert throughout the entire saga, and. It's just mad because obviously they tried to do Cerberus Stewart character in the final film, and you know, kind of, you know, bolster her backstory. We're we're just too far gone. We don't we don't care about this character. The characters we do we did care about, you know, you brought into the film series just to completely butcher. Um, that any characters that we do care about is purely accidental. I don't believe for a <laughs> second anybody involved in the writing process actually managed to make any of these characters endearing. But if they did, it was pure accident. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not a satisfying end. It's probably, it's probably the least satisfying end to anything that I've, I've mm. ever watched. And, you know, I watched Game of Thrones with everyone else. <laughs> it, and the thing is, the worst thing about this is the fact that it's not even like there was high stakes. It's not like everybody was super invested in this. It's not like it had to reach a certain expectation. There was no expectation and it's still under delivered. Oh, it was it was just exhausting to watch.
0: We are starting to run a little bit long, so I'm gonna move us on.
3: We talked a Yay. lot about the
0: absolute terrible plot. We should at least <laughs> guys, talk about guys, we're
3: done. We no, did it. Not,
0: not quite. We should at least talk about Shut the production up. value. Shut um... your mouth. <laughs> um... <laughs> Although I don't think this will be a very long, long section no. either. Um, I don't even have, like with the last one, I had that one singular compliment about the music is back to being very generic and boring this time around. I have this is the most boring look of the of the lot of them. This is the worst looking film. Everything is black or a very dark gray. Every setting, as I said, is just it's really hard to tell where you are and what's going on because everything is just flaming, boring gray land. The cuts are just out of control. The lift sequence with all the clones around them where it all blows up. There's a, there's a bit where Alice is fighting um, Dr. Isaacs on that. I'm pretty sure there's like four shots in one second at one point. Yeah. It's just an awful <laughs> looking film top to bottom. It's just, it's so bad. Um, I've got no context for anyone or anything or anything going on. Um, Yeah, it's just, it just an absolute mess to look at. Steve, what did you think about the aesthetic?
1: Uh, The aesthetic of the film, uh, by the numbers, Mm. like generic. It felt like uh, I have always, I have not, I've seen trailers. I haven't watched Mad Max Fury Road. It's like that mixed with fallout, mixed with the generic, like, you know, Umbrella Lab stuff from the previous films. Crap. Mediocre. Uh, The soundtrack cannot remember a single thing. Nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing sticks out. The aesthetics, by the numbers by now, like it's almost factory floor for this stuff. Which is strange for the final chapter meant to be the be all and end all. Really, it's like Extinction Two with less heart.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Strange to say, but true. Um, Yeah. Jordan, how do you think? What do you think about the look and the and the sound of the film? Well, uh, yeah, it's it's it's
4: fairly generic. Um, It's definitely a step down from the last film, which not it's not like it was particularly lofty. but it just it under underdelivered, and uh, as I said before, this film does feel like it was made in two thousand three, not two thousand seventeen. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, and um, and it, and it, it takes a lot of the aesthetics from sort of mid two thousands as well. I mean, that whole sort of first third is you know outside, in just desert uh, land, you know wasteland landscapes. It's very grey or amber, you know, maybe a bit of tinge of green, but it's it's just like, oh, I'm so sick of this. It's like we we have to get some some colour, some vibrance back into it. You kind of get it a bit with um when you get back to the hive and umbrella, but it's still still massively lacking. I can't remember anything
3: about the soundtrack. So there wasn't one, that's why. There's no songs in this movie, there's just a composer. Yeah, just a score, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And speaking of what you said previously, Jordan, about how kind of under the radar it kind of was. And no one paid attention to it. it. 2017, yeah, it came out within like three days of Resident Evil 7's release. That's why everyone was too busy talking about, you know, the brand new game that was causing a stir with how different it was and what a return it was and all of that. The, this film came out and everyone was just like, yeah. <laughs> so that might explain it a little bit. Uh, James, what's your thoughts on the aesthetic? Uh,
2: yeah, other than the the lighting, which I think they probably used uh, in 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 the horror th- horror genre. Typically, when you want to save some money, you take away lighting. You mm. try to hide a lot of things in shadow, and they did that. And he, you know, there are some points in the film where you did it well. When you took when you're thinking about just the aesthetics, just forgetting everything else. Um, again, I bring your attention to the meat room. It was really cool. Um just I just forget Alice is there, you know, and everything and like I, I liked how the creatures moved and everything and yeah. Um soundtrack, yeah. Like I'm I agree with everybody else. There wasn't one. Like mm-hmm. where Retribution, there was clearly like a some kind of roadmap there when it came to the the music. With this film there wasn't one, and just the same as Steve, I can't remember any music from it. Um yeah, uh, the, the film did you say it had a lower budget?
0: Yeah, a then, much lower budget.
2: Yeah, you can definitely see that when mm-hmm. there is a bit of light and just the sets as well, like it's very clear. Um, I just, yeah, I it didn't for something that is supposedly supposedly, I mean, we'll talk about this in a bit, but supposedly meant to be like the final film in the series, it just didn't really. Yeah tall when it came to how good it looked um, yeah and I, I, I agree someone said earlier on that it, it, it looks like a mid 2000s film and yeah it does other than other than that um, of, other than the, the, the meat room yeah it, it does look like a, a film that has been put
1: on a budget yeah the meat room <laughs> I love that because I know that I actually know exactly where you mean which is supposed credit to the film
2: yeah I guess Cause, cause, Cause
1: like there, there's a. I, I
2: know it's hard to try and find good things about this film because the story and the plot, well, just everything about the film is so bad. But there was some horror aspects they used there. I, I am, like ninety nine point nine percent sure we're not down to Paul W S Anderson, right? Because he wouldn't have done it that way. There were some cool jump moments, and he t- tends to use obnoxious jump scares. Mm. Right, and there were just like it was just a few golden seconds of good cinematography, right in that meat room. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it 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 teleported me back to um to what what film what what game were the Regenerators in? Regenerators in four. It four? Yeah, yeah, was yeah.
0: a bit like that.
2: Yeah, in four, like it brought me back to that. So the Regenerators were in like a slightly lighter room, but it brought me back to that kind of feel mm-hmm. right, for the games.
0: And yeah, Adam, that's... what's your your thoughts on the aesthetics?
3: Um, uh, it 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 was lackluster. It was. I mean, the movie was so bad. I'm having trouble even thinking about what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just a lot of conf- like. I just he was he was going for like such like a weird like mad maxi type thing there's like battle tanks like when when were these things developed like the yeah, world has been from? ravaged and mm. they've got future motorbikes like why were they making these things in a world where there's only four thousand people left and everyone's dead and why do you need a motorbike that recognizes its rider
4: <laughs> oh you're you're asking those well, pesky well, questions yeah, I'm again going, I'm,
3: going, I'm sorry yeah like <laughs> nuke like the people that are living in raccoon city they realize it was hit by a nuclear bomb remember we're not worried about the fallout we're not worried about irradiated ground or what are you eating what are you eating in a in a city that was hit by a nuclear bomb
0: <laughs>
3: ugh. anyway oh, that's, not, ugh. that's ugh. yeah oh. no you
0: know what I'm, I'm gonna close this up there's, there's no just more, get re- i no don't more. want to talk about it anymore <laughs> so <laughs> um i guess I don't know I don't think there is any final thoughts to give everyone as I think we're all exhausted at this point um, I'll, I'll
4: I'll jump in for for one thing sure. about the film is that it still kept a lot of people in work in uh, you know special effects and practical effects and makeup and stuff like that cost that's people all their cool. arms yeah yeah
3: there, <laughs> yeah. <is> that, <laughs> yeah, there is that dark side too. and it cost someone their life yeah, like we talk the about the arm, one. but there was actually a fatality on that set so. That's a
4: hard point to follow up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, point, my point was that, you know, obviously, uh, you know, if there's anything to kind of, re- you know, redeem from this this franchise, and, and particularly this entry, because there is almost nothing redeemable from, from this entry, is that, you know, there's still, you know, a lot of good effects work um, that at least stands out, despite the fact that all the acting is poor, and all the writing is poor, and all the direction is poor. Um, so there's at least that.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, um, I have I have
2: some final. Thoughts yeah, please go it. ahead. It's, it's mostly for comedy, so don't expect anything <laughs> like, uh, yeah, prevalent. But yeah, uh, my final thoughts on this film are: Resident Evil, the last chapter, the final chapter. Sorry, but not really. Starring Miller, you're gonna kill a
3: bitch. <laughs> job, that is all.
0: Uh, my my two word review the final
3: chapter of this book. Then the next, wait till the next book.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, my two word review that goes on the uh, the.
3: Wait till you watch those Wesker kids. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> those pesky Wesker kids running around solving mysteries. Those pesky Weskies <laughs> It's gonna be trash. That's the problem as
0: well, and we've got just to like sum up. It's the same sort of,
3: company though, right? Pretty it,
0: much. it is. It's Constantine Films still own the rights, and, which is why they're making these shows. Pr-
3: prior to the final chapter, it was actually, they were actually going to do a TV series. Yeah. There but was then talk, they did the man? final chapter. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be that. It's mm. going to be horrible.
0: And more than anything, you know, not necessarily the studio, but just the legacy of these films is sort of somewhat damning of Resident Evil in general, because there are so many people out there that you know, this is what they'll think of. You know, and and that makes it acceptable to right. do more subpar stuff.
1: Um, I mean, it's less poisoning the well, more throwing uranium down it, and then you know,
0: right.
1: tipping the Chernobyl elephant's foot in. It's uh, <laughs> it's a, it's dangerous. This well. The, yeah, the
3: problem is, is is because they were so financially successful. No production company is ever going to be like, we'll do something very different. No,
0: exactly. Yeah.
3: Because they made it made so much money, they're gonna be like, do that. That's what makes money.
0: Stranger things. and put
3: stars members in it. It's easy.
0: Mm. Yeah, easy. we know
3: we know that, but no, unfortunately, executives don't look yeah, at it that way.
0: It's most likely that this kind of style will just continue onwards at some point. Um driven into the ground until it gets to, much like this film, total formality is my my wrap-up for this. Everything in this film is a total formality, and that's kind of the final taste after you finish this film. You know, I don't even feel like going, hey, we watched all of them. Like, oh,
1: no. you
0: know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we watched every film and survived. Uh, <laughs> yes.
1: We got the hidden unlockable, which is a choose your own adventure. You know, that's, right. that's cool.
0: Before uh, we get to that, um I did ask the server what their favorite or I should say what I phrased it as which of the live action films do you like the most slash hate the least? Apocalypse came wow on top. Um a few people also voted for the first film and a couple people also voted for Retribution, which is fair enough, I can understand that. But uh, Apocalypse seems to be the big winner. So in your mm-hmm. face, Rotten Tomatoes slash Metacritic, I guess. Yeah, that was.
3: We had a lot of fun with that one. I, yeah. I mean, I remember we were like, "Oh, this is bad," but we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, at least I didn't know yeah. what was
4: coming. Be fair to the critics of what 2004 or so; they had no idea what was coming up. Right, that was what they considered the worst Resident right. Evil film mm. so far. Mm. <laughs> they had no idea that all of the trash was going to follow it.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair. Alright, well, that concludes our journey through Andersonverse. We'll see you (laughs) for more live-action Resident Evil as previously mentioned for the Netflix show when it arrives, of course. Um, But to finish out this very long episode, we have the Choose Your Own Adventure. And now, reading the file Manager's Diary from Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, Roast Beef you can find at castingcall.club slash m slash roast beef
7: April 25th today's my 30th birthday I was transferred to this facility today I'm very happy because the work environment very different from life in the University May 14th the disposal system has been completed using a special kind of gas it can decompose the cells of the guinea pigs We have to try this out before beginning practical usage of the system, since it is not 100% stable yet. May 20th. While I was checking the treatment room, the door shut, and I was locked inside. I couldn't get out for one hour. I guess even if you have the keycard, it's useless when you're locked inside. June 7th. The guinea pigs we have to dispose of are increasing. The system is not working smoothly. The laboratory staff doesn't listen to my opinions, and I'm getting extremely frustrated. July 16th, we can't dispose of all the bodies, and the quality of the liquid medicine is not good enough either. July 29th, though the function of the system decreases, the number of the bodies we have to dispose doesn't. The infection level has increased, and the antibodies we are using is no match for the new mutation of the virus. Some of the workers have been infected by the disease. I have continued to work. But I always keep a gun with me. I must remember to save one bullet for me. I want to wait. I don't want to die here. I swear that I'll lose my mind if I imagine how painful the death will be.
0: Okay, so as with the previous Anderson verse films, we end things on a choose-your-own-adventure. So if you haven't heard those... Um... I would very much recommend that. Um, James is the DM this time. He he's written us something to go through, so I'm going to hand right over to you, Mr. Owlett, and you can take it from here. All right.
2: Hey, everybody. So this is uh, I've named it the Connections Part Two. Um, if you did, <laughs> as uh, as Siniac has mentioned, um, this is uh, just a continuation of the, what happened last time, which was complete bonkers. So this is a and, continuation uh, of this is 15, the quiz. Yeah, this is, this, the... is the, this is continuation of the quiz. Yes, right. Okay. Um, except it is a choose your own adventure. So uh, yes, I just want to say straight up as well. This this adventure has four potential endings. <gasps> um, also, disclaimer: this is a work of fiction and it's completely bonkers. Okay, so
3: uh, don't at me. Okay. Well, actually, do you at me? <laughs> okay, everyone in the chat. I want you to point out all the law inconsistencies <laughs> as they come up. You can't entr- because it's my
2: fanfic. You can't. I'm trusting
3: you. <laughs> all right. Um,
2: so, are we all ready? Sure. Let's yep. go. Yep. The four of you have been busy this past year, spreading throughout the world and making connections, big connections, all within the network. You four have stayed in the NEST also known as NEST, a floating lab above the cloud cover in the Appalachian Mountains for some time now. Your personal assistant and clone, Chris Redfield, sits on the corner of his desk before you in a pinstripe suit, a shotgun slung over his back for no real reason in particular. He addresses all of you. With the failure of the Wesker program, James Marcus, William Birkin and countless others, You have been focusing on creating the perfect organism, one that will pave the way for a better future. If anyone could do it, it would be the children of Edward Ashford themselves. We have all created a caged AI that would help you in your mission. It has simple commands to help you, to help you when you eventually monopolize this software to the world. It's the AI named GP doesn't think the new parameters will create a worthwhile unit for resale. It will fail, and we will start again. I will now pass you on to GP. Good luck. Chris crushes a small pebble between his right thumb and forefinger.
3: (laughs) Good to see he hasn't given up on those rock-crushing days.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The next voice you hear is of uh, kind of a, a computer... A uh, computer animated voice uh, that has been scripted. Um, you have all the knowledge and databases of previous failures. Are you ready to build your own PCP Perfect Connections product?
3: <laughs> PCP. <laughs> I'm ready to do some PCP after those movies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is waiting for an input.
0: Yes. <laughs> Wait. What Why did we say no? <laughs> Oh, you never know!
2: (laughs) (laughs) First of all, transmission. What would be the initial way we installed this product into the general population? 1. Injection. Easily tracked and implemented. However, injection comes with a problem of volunteering. Large numbers of the general population will simply refuse the injection. Airborne. The most effective form of transmission however it is uncontrollable for the most part and could cause mutation throughout the animal kingdom and more three liquids a healthy medium between the two we can direct it through the various water companies we now own it has the issue of being spread throughout the world and some of the general population may start realizing the truth simply boiling the water will destroy our product which one would you like to choose Ooh. Injection, airborne, or liquid.
0: I jumped in before, so I will let someone else grab it. This,
2: this
3: is a, this is a team effort, guys. Feel free to pick that one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, liquid makes the most sense, right? Because you, not everyone, you can't just boil every liquid you ingest. <laughs> I just, I just want to remind everybody: we are definitely playing the bad guys.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, but,
3: Let's have some chaos, let's have Airborne. We need to cover this with Umbrella movie logic. (laughs) Then Airborne, Uh, definitely. Airborne. Okay, so I'm going to go around the room.
2: Adam. Airborne. Jordan. Airborne. Steve. Airborne. Cy. Airborne. Excellent. (laughs) So, an animation of some kind of airborne vapor will be played on the vid screen that appears directly in front of you, spreading to various locations around the world. In the background, clone Chris is talking about visiting the babes in Europe into his phone, a line he uses a lot to hide his illicit journeys around the world. He makes quick glances at U5 and the computer, pretending like he knows what he's looking at. (laughs) A simulation is provided of a city. A drone is panning through the streets. It has an affixed lens, which records exhalation of organic material. That ha- uh, that of mechanical t- sorry, of organic material that has PCP inside of it. Almost every human has it. They are stronger and faster, though a few have additional features, such as an eye on their shoulder or large cilia attached to their faces. The camera pans back more. The city is inside a glass shelter. The screen fil- uh, flickers. the voice pops up again. This is optimal. Moving on. But let me go down my choices here so you chose air right Mm -hmm. yes now that a transmission has been decided and a location picked what other characteristics would you like the pcp to have the options are one strength and constitution to create a stable environment for the product we we may want to embolden its already stellar survivability rate to combat unknown factors this may also mean that the product may cause the patients to administer damage to various government structures and more This will cause hassle for our insurance department. Two, intelligence and wit. The product may need to prove its worth through mental acuity, improving on its design further. This could also mean that the patient wishes to achieve greater things, even potentially surpassing yourselves. Make your choices now. Strength and constitution or intelligence and wit. Well, we don't want to make anything cleverer than us. Screw that. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, so strength, strength. What about you, Steve?
0: Oh, I'm, see, I'm
1: torn. I'm gonna go with strength just for the sake of herd mentality. <laughs> 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 <One> of <us.
2: laughs> okay, excellent. So, let yeah, me go down my list here. So, we got uh, uh, strength and cons. Okay. You have chosen an air transmission with the characteristics of strength and constitution. There is a small glitch on the screen that flashes and shows you what seems to be a hellish landscape of fire. Sorry about that. Next is application. What is your plan for the PCP? Military application. One, selling our product to the military would mean assurance of pay and regular clients. They will likely use the product to conquer other nations or to flex. However, it is also owned by our governing bodies that are strict on protocol and could lead to further complications in the future. Public application. Two, releasing to the public would mean we gain a wider audience. Certain individuals may find uh, ingenious applications for PCP, using it for use in sporting events, potentially removing the need for public transport even, due to the speed at which they travel. This also comes with the increased risk of failures due to a large population using our product. So, which would you like? Maybe military application or public application?
3: Public application just leaves us open to all the lawsuits in the world.
2: <laughs> chaos.
1: <laughs> Pure chaos.
3: Yeah. 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 Public.
4: You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> if Law we join the umbrella lawsuit.
3: route, let's go crazy. We're umbrella. Oh, sorry. With the
1: connections. We've got money. We're fine. Oh, you're
3: right. Well, you're telling me the umbrella corporation didn't have enough money to build. Several not real cities and fill them with clones. I mean I'm not
1: worried about the stock market, are you guys? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so let's go down. So Adam.
3: Military.
2: Okay, Jordan. The public. Oh. Yeah, this okay. is what I
3: want. Let's get some division. Steve. <laughs> public. Ooh. Okay, and side. Deciding vote. Well, deciding if it's a tie or not.
0: Public. <gasps> oh. That's three for public. Okay. You guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Running simulation. Success. Chris mentions to the person on the other end of the phone that he's cu- phone call that he's currently on. I hear the heat on the West Coast is pretty strong right now. You might want to avoid partying too hard in that area. <laughs> okay. I don't even get it. Oh,
5: man.
2: (laughs) Okay. Good luck, guys. Chris turns to you all, shock etched in his face as his mock telephone voice changes to a serious tenor. Staphil has gone. Fires have ravaged through the streets. An explosion is heard off in the distance. Someone has managed to decrypt the virus and as some crude joke has made it into a tyrant, except one louder, also in pink. (laughs) You all hive mind. It's time for Fall Guys, the sequel. <laughs> oh, God. That's the end of that one. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: There are so three we made more Fall old. Guys. <laughs> Very clever. I cannot believe we won. We, we we got the one good
0: outcome. Yeah, that's uh, what a beautifully appropriate way to end this absolute mess of a podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this was this was controlled nuttiness. <laughs> but it was but it was because we
4: were so decisive, you know. Apart from like one vote where we had like you know one vote cast for the other decision. <laughs> yeah. We all worked as a team. It's umbrella, Sorry. not mm, maybe.
2: You know. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, thank you for that, James. It was very entertaining. Yeah. yeah you're welcome. Great.
2: Thank you. I'll be I'll, I'll be here for the next time. <laughs>
0: well nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors if you'd like to be part of the show then please look into auditioning for our file readings one way to get in touch is to email us at faspraypod at gmail.com but of course the best course of action is to join our discord server where you can discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans and listen to the podcast live as it's being recorded the link to the server is in the description of this podcast and also on our social media accounts you can follow us on twitter at fa spraypod, on instagram at fa spraypod, and at facebook at facebook.com forward slash fa spray pod you can find the podcast on youtube stitcher spotify and itunes and if you enjoyed the show please do leave us an itunes review if you can it helps spread the word you can also support the show at patreon.com forward slash fa spray pod for as little as one dollar a month in our next episode we follow chris redfield into europe and find ourselves trapped on a crazy island in our look back at resident evil code veronica Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Siniac underscore one, two, three. Steve is at FB. Steve was taken. Jordan is at CerealBox 64. Adam is at Advica 01. And James is at Moist at OFF. And finally, thank you for listening. And you're all going to die down here.
1: Who <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh... Do are <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> gonna be a long <laughs> old episode. So uh, yeah, I think yeah, I'm at eight not, swear words.
4: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I said any today. I, I think I've been
3: on. No, you've got one now, but I think it's all Steve.
1: No, no I'm sorry. Is this
4: film,
0: Adam, you're films? on three. <laughs> I'm on three. <laughs>
3: But but sorry, si, what you
4: should have been counting was how many times we just went developed ugh. into audible groans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like when words failed us, we all just <laughs> at, at least once we all
3: have went. Oh. I just amazed yeah, we managed to, to get those through for zombie with that noises in, in the next uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>